And a very special Tuesday night that would be. How's everybody doing? Doing okay. Awesome. All right. We'll go around the horn while we wait for everyone else and uh, then get to our esteemed guest who's right down here. We'll start over to. Wait, I'm getting the hang of this thing. There you are. The one and only Lady Geek Time. Stacy, how are you? I'm awesome. Thanks. How was the week? Quick again. It just flies by, man. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. And it's funny because I pulled these headlines and stuff only like three or four days ago, and they seem like I pulled them like two weeks ago. Exactly. It's insane. Hello, Stacy would be the OG geek timer himself, Peter Bradley. <laughs> hey, hello. How are you, Ren? <laughs> I, I peed <laughs> on my shoe. <laughs> Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm getting getting a little sick of uh, winter. Mm-hmm. Sick of driving around in it, but uh, I'm making do. Yes, um, we got hit with another little. It wasn't much today, but it was enough to add stress because I got held up at work with these these guys, and and I just I had to fly home in the snow, and I got here like 20 minutes ago and ate a protein bar and had a quick mug of. Because <laughs> that's what I do, and uh, logged on. So here we are. I would Heath, also known as Mister Caradoon, for tonight. And now below me, I would like to introduce the one and only Mister Cameron Pasha. Thank you so much for coming on awesome. our channel. Well, I'm honored and delighted. It's the first time I've been on your channel, and uh, and I'm just hoping that I don't drive away your chat. <laughs> I have oh, something of value to you today. I, I don't think that could possibly happen. So I just quickly want to bring our audience up to speed how this happened. I'm, I, I tend to go on other people's streams, and I was hanging out, and I think it was Doomcock's mm-hmm. stream that you were on. And I just typed in the chat like, oh, I can't wait till my channel's you know semi-big enough to have someone like Cameron come on. And you said... Send me a DM on Twitter, and I'll see what I can do. So I did, and here we are. And, and here we are. Here we and are. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'd like to say because I've been so outspoken in the past year about you know about Hollywood and what's happening there, I uh, don't have a lot of love inside my own industry right now. So I love having the YouTube. <laughs> They're my only friends now, and I'm I'm gonna keep expanding that friend base if I can. Oh well, you know, we we are so thrilled to have you here, and that's oh, yeah. why because you've been such a good friend to the fandom menace, if you will. Yep. And since we're new menaces, um, <laughs> it's kind of cool. Like, we feel like you do. Like, we're kind of getting into the little click, you know, <laughs> finding our friends on YouTube. The the amazing thing about YouTube is that there are channels that I, you know, was introduced on a year ago suddenly have thousands and mm-hmm. thousands of subscribers and have quantum leaped and, you know, they're monetized. And so, you know, your journey is just beginning and, and who knows where you guys are going to be in a year. I mean, I watched, I watched Jeremy from geeks and gamers start off with like, you know, 5,000 viewers. So like now he's like probably half a million at this point. And so mm-hmm. and I watched that journey happen. And so, you know, a good luck and success. And I hope I can add to that. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Much appreciated. We've been looking forward to this one for a while. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm have you on before we and get I appreciate that we have the lovely Stacy here because I'm tired of being brought on channels and just do 
<laughs> that, that's that's my part. I think I play, you know, good balance. <laughs> I, I kind of balance it out a little bit sometimes. Stacy's so. great. And it's funny, her timing couldn't have been better. I was just formulating this whole idea and putting things into motion. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen Stacy in years. And she texted me and she says, Oh, I, I'm getting stir crazy. I want to do something creative. And I said, I got I got the perfect thing for you. Yeah. Knowing her sensibilities, her mm-hmm. pragmatism, her intellect, and her love of uh, movies and television. And she's been the most welcome addition to our show. And I think the reason it's working is because we added Stacy. Yeah. <laughs> nobody watches it for the dudes. You guys got to <laughs> <laughs> just exactly. Let's just call a spade. I hope well. I have something to offer. You know, that's, that's the goal. Speaking of, speaking of brilliant and attractive women, let's ah. acknowledge that Lorena Creole is watching. Hey. Lorena, we want you in here too at some point. So uh, we yeah. must chat. I've been watching your streams as well. So I was just on with Lorena earlier, and I told her that uh, that I was going to be on your channel, and she delightfully said, "I'm, I'm, I'm hey. happy to support it." That's nice. awesome. Fantastic. Love it. Yeah. So anytime we'll have to work on that. So, so Cameron, why don't you uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and, and then let's, we'll, we can dive into, um, as I want to put it up, put it out to you. Sure. What happened to our franchises? <laughs> well, <laughs> My background is this, like I'm Cameron Pasha. I'm a screenwriter, I'm a novelist. I've been working in Hollywood for 20 years. Uh, background, I was born in Pakistan and immigrated to the US in 1976 when Gerald Ford was president. Uh, and uh, good, good old days there. I mean, the world has changed quite a bit in the, since those years. Uh, and I was a former lawyer, former journalist. I sold my first screenplay when I was uh, working uh, at a law firm in New York. And I said, oh my God, I can do this. And I moved to Los Angeles in 2001. And April will be the year 20 since I've been doing this. And wow. uh, worked on a lot of shows. I've worked, I mean, I've sold a bunch of movies that haven't been made yet. Hopefully one day one of my movies will get made. Mm. Uh, but I've worked on a lot of television that has been produced. Uh, started off on The Twilight Zone with Forrest Whitaker, that version on UPN. Mm. Um, my big break was a show called Sleeper Cell, which is about a Muslim FBI agent who infiltrates Al-Qaeda. That got a lot of awards. Uh, yeah. Then I did a bunch of genre shows like like Bionic Woman and, and, and uh, Nikita and Kings. Uh, most recently, I was a co-executive producer on uh, Roswell, New Mexico. I was there for the first season, uh-huh. uh, and uh, and now, you know, this this past year, I've been developing my own shows, which I hope uh, will be sold this year. And I've published a few novels, and we can talk about all that over the journey. But but the thing that's gotten me a lot of attention is that I've been somewhat outspoken in the past year as as a professional screenwriter who's actually like in the Writers Guild, doing this for twenty years um, about. The, the wrong path that Hollywood has been taking in the past few years. And uh, it's gotten me a bit of notoriety within my own industry because people are like, man, you can't actually say that out loud. I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> yeah it was privately, yeah. But nobody's going to say that out loud. I'm like, well, I'm going to say it out loud. Yeah, and I, that's, I found you on um, Midnight's Edge. I think the first time I saw you was about a year ago. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was in the spring. You were with Tom Connors, and it was riveting. It was like a three-hour stream, and I was like sucked in i was like oh my god cameron's awesome like you just did not hold back and i really appreciate your honesty and your candor whether people like it or not it's the truth hurts right 
Well, I mean, I've reached a stage, and it, over the course of my journey, I've had, I've experienced a lot of obstacles, and uh, and and I'm very open about those obstacles. You know, I, you know, as some of your audience may know, I'm I'm a practicing Muslim, which is very rare in Hollywood, and and I think a lot of people would be surprised by this uh, that there is a great deal of hostility towards Muslims in Hollywood. Certainly, mm. conservative religious ones mm. like myself, right? If you're sort of woke, they're all cool with it, right? But if you're a <laughs> traditional religious person of any kind, they, they're very uncomfortable with it. And so I've had uh, a lot of obstacles in my career from that. And People will be straightforward. They'll tell you they're not going to hire you for that reason, or they'll make sure you know that because what what are you going to do? You're going to sue them. You know your career ends. So, so because of that journey, I've made so many adversaries over the last two decades uh, that I'm like, all right, well, I'll, I'll talk openly about the industry because you guys put me in a position. I got nothing to lose. Right? Mm. I still have a career, but that's a career that I've seized with my own hands. And so, you know, you're not going to take that away from me. Wow. Yeah, it, I, I, it's it's. Mm -hmm. Really, and I'm sure you're sick of talking about these same topics over well, and over. Well, whatever, I get to I get to grumble about my industry. I love it, <laughs> <laughs> and we will reap the reward. Of that. <laughs> so you know, um, clearly, I, I trying to pinpoint where this got so ridiculous <laughs> and out of hand. Actually, while we're before we get that far, um, we have two more people joining us here. Um, First would be way over. This way, this way is okay. a weatherman is over before it starts. <laughs> uh, way over yonder. Edson is uh, the one and only Edson Gomes. Hi, Cameron. Hi, buddy. Welcome, Edson. I like your hat, man. It's cool. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Edson's been excited about this since I uh, forwarded your DM. I said, "Look at this." <laughs> or get Cameron. He was like, "No way!" Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't know if Jason. Jason, can you hear us? Can you see us? Oh, he's nope. gone. He's nope. having internet he's trouble. Jason is a writer in San Diego. Okay. Well, um, he, he self-published his first novel recently, right. and uh, his brother is one of our core cast people who's editing a video or something right now. Yeah, Got to I think so. Well, you know yeah. what I can say? It's been interesting for me because I say I'm a novelist, and uh, 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 please do. L L Lorena saying she'd love Ooh. to come on. But, you know, I, like I said, I'm a novelist as well. And what I've been delighted to watch over the last you know, two decades is self-publishing went from something that didn't wasn't reputable to something that is not only reputable, it is very profitable for mm. the author in particular in the last several years. Mm. It's delightful for me to watch authors taking back their power from the publishers and, and reaping their rewards. Awesome. Yeah, actually, uh, two weeks ago, we had a guest from the, the collective on. Mm -hmm. um, Edwin Acevedo, he had launched a uh, fundraiser mm -hmm. or a crowdfunding uh, campaign for his first ever comic book. Mm. And in, in one week, he surpassed his goal. So, you know, we're seeing more and more of this. And of course, it comes with the hashtag Comicsgate and you're a bad person and, you know, whatever. Those are the cries into the void as you make your money. Into the <laughs> right, exactly. So we're really thrilled. Edwin, if you're watching, congrats. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're looking for. I hope you like double that, or triple that before it's over. You got three weeks of gravy now, so nice. All right, so Jason's joined us. He's he's here. We can see him. I hope he's made it. There he is. <laughs> there he is. So you're both out there, and uh, is it sunny or is it Hello, still raining out? You you can see. I got the. I, I should put my curtains. At some point, I'm going to put my curtains on because it's a little too intense. But yeah, it's sunny. I'm in Santa Monica, which oh, is nice. Oh wow. You know. Okay. And, in San Diego, which has one of the loveliest beaches in the world. So mm -hmm. I'm actually headed out there in uh, about three weeks um, to see my daughter. Yeah. I'm out there all the time, but I, I haven't been recently because for obvious reasons. But uh. well, San Diego, for at least a, a while in this journey, 
was a little more open than Los Angeles. I mean, Los Angeles is basically, is basically North Korea at this point, right? Yeah, that's where I got to go. I go to LA. So, Where San Diego? I was actually when 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 the the the, the King Jong Il regime came in to take over Los Angeles. <laughs> I went down several times, drove all the way two and a half hours, three hours to San Diego just to eat at a restaurant. Wow! Wow! Yeah, it it's been frustrating because every time I book a flight or something, mm-hmm. you're locked down again. Like you stay at home, locked down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, in California, being to wake up, that maybe this ain't about health. We're going to figure out maybe maybe this isn't about it. Slow but short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have that small town feel. Oh, oh I think Jason's oh, having boy. internet, internet issues. Long distance internet. <laughs> maybe the internet. Don't like what we're talking about. Let's get all that stuff and back, back to Crap, me. Brothers onto us. Oh, my goodness. You'd be there surprised. are really so many branches. You know what? You're gonna, what I after 20 years in the industry, I will promise you that whatever conspiracy theories you have about what happens in the media, you haven't even scratched the surface of what really happened. Oh man! I've seen it with my own eyes, and uh, and I, you know, it's 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 quite shocking when people are like, Wait, that's actually not like a crazy story from some right wing newspaper. Like, yeah, no, that's that's what happens here. Yeah, um, it, I I gotta say, I think the best the positive thing that came out of the coof for me was that I shut off things I didn't want to spend money on just to save some money until I could figure out I'm self-employed. I'm a production guy. Mm-hmm. So all my work went away, you know, yeah. uh, last was for everybody, particularly production guys. Yeah. Right. And unemployment's not structured for the self-employed. You're kind of like in, early on, they're like, nah, you're on your own. So I was applying at Uber and you know, Oh my God, what am I going to do? And, you know, until um, they figured it all out with the, uh, was a PUC money or PUA money, whatever that was. Um, things are writing themselves now. I'm actually swamped, but uh, <laughs> good, good. I'm, that's that's delightful to hear. A lot, a mm-hmm. lot of my friends went under last year. You know, yeah. I, I I was able to keep afloat. There was a lot of scary moments in that keep afloat where I'm like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. keep afloat, right? But a lot of my friends didn't keep afloat, and there's people. Mm-hmm. Several of my friends have left LA, have left the industry permanently. Yeah. Um, you know, last year, February 2019, they could never have imagined that they'd be mm-hmm. out of Los Angeles. And out of the uh, the industry, six months later, the world. Yeah, I've thrown a few bucks at some GoFundMe's for production people I know out there, who have been like they're like anything will help me and I'll flip them, you know, fifty bucks because yeah, I feel bad because I'm working again and they're stuck. Mm-hmm. It's awful, and, and, you know. And now again, we can we went up. I obviously I care a lot about the issue of, of the lockdowns and the things. Certainly, the kinds of rules and restrictions that have been placed by unions around how production can start up again—they're uh, certainly making it challenging to actually produce, as you know, as in production, right? And we saw that big blow up that uh, that Mr. Cruz had with his with his crew members. You know, these poor crew members being abused because they were you know a foot closer watching the monitor than they should have been, right? Right. right. I mean that it's even with. You know, because our industry has to virtue signal on on these issues, and so we got we got to make it really hard so we can keep everyone safe and healthy, which I would suggest is not the agenda. But the end result is production. I know several projects I know of, uh, TV projects were greenlit even in the midst of all this craziness. They were greenlit to series last year. They hired the writing staff. I had friends on the writing staff. The writers wrote the scripts over the summer, and then when all the production rules were put into place. The network said, yeah, we can't actually make the show under those rules. <sighs> and no, so wow. they were all fired. And, you know, and scripts, shows were canceled. Oh, that sucks. shows I know. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, great. You've, you've created a rule that nobody can actually function under. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm doing um, 
some corporate live event stuff right now. It's a hybrid live event where the C-suite, the executives are coming in with no audience. And even that, like we're trying, you can't, you cannot social distance in production. You mm -hmm. cannot do it. No, you cannot. We're, we're right on top of each other like normal. Yeah. What are you going to do? You know, it's like they put restrictions. You could only have one person working the camera. I mean, camera crews are very extensive for yeah. a reason. Mm -hmm. and very yeah. tight on each other for a reason. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's the world we're in. Hopefully we'll get into a better world this year. I'm, I'm positive. I'm, I'm trying to remain positive that yeah. uh, there's only so long they can, can stretch this out. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's at some point the entire thing comes crashing down and, and even our evil overlords like, Hey man, I'm getting broke. Right. And so even those guys get incentivized to fix something. Well, we saw today Disney closed uh, Blue Sky Studios right here in Connecticut. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, that Fox merger, the end result of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I used to go down there a lot. Um, I I had a actual real job for two years, which was a huge mm -hmm. mistake. And um, <laughs> I, I thought I wanted to have a cushy corporate techie job. No. Nah, but uh, <laughs> I was down there a lot when they were making the Peanuts movie. And uh, it's a shame. I mean, about 500 people have got their walking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, in some ways, because we can talk about one of the reasons I think you asked me on it is talk about where, like I said, where we've come with our franchises. You know, it, one would argue that perhaps some of the suffering that my industry is going through or our industry is going through is a little bit of karma, right? You know, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of bad, bad juju that's happened in this industry. And now, mm -hmm. especially because of various political correctness that we've all adopted, even though nobody actually believes the things that they're saying, but they're all saying them, it's reached a place where like now in order to keep that narrative going, we're strangling our industry to death. So, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 no more emblematic than Lucasfilm, where where I, there's this bizarre schism over there, where half the company feels like they need to attack fans and and <laughs> what what they did two weeks ago with this uh, what's her name Christina Ariel, mm. and and the fact that the company officially backed her after a year of those like horrific. I mean, if you took any of those tweets and swapped out the word white for anything else, mm -hmm. uh, you're strung up by your Buster Browns, as Mayor Vaughn would say in Jaws. But um, but but no, uh, they 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 double down and back it. Well, you know why? And I've said this in other casts, and I, I actually just said this on Lorena Lorena's uh, show just a couple hours ago. Uh, and I speak for, for this as a minority, as with the the old word was person of color. Now it's by person of color. Black Indian person of color, whatever. Okay, so whatever. Bipolar, whatever. As one of those, as one right. of those, uh, oh this is one of the most racist industries I've ever experienced, and it's all the racism is all coming from people that say all the right things. Of course, you know, I voted for Obama, I voted for Hillary, I voted for Biden, and you know, and look, my mate is Mexican, right? And they'll say all that stuff, and they are the most profoundly racist people I've ever encountered. Uh, and because their belief is minorities are inherently inferior, they need a helping hand up to a certain level, which is the, they can never go to a level where they might actually threaten me, the boss and take my job. And so we structure the situation so that we keep pandering to them, but make sure that they, that they do not have self-respect. They do not have self-esteem. And most importantly, they do not have power. Right. And so there's a reason Lucasfilm came out and supported all those tweets because they can look really wonderful and liberal. But, you know, there's if you remember Lucasfilm, they had this this uh, African-American woman who was the um, who was a sort of low level executive that got a lot of attention in the early days of Kathleen Kennedy. And then when sort of, the you know, the shit hit the fan with The Last Jedi and, and fan backlash, she was let go. Mm -hmm. Not a single white executive was let go. 
she was let go. And mm-hmm. I said at the time, she's going to be let go because they're putting her out on the New York Times. Just, Look, we have a black woman working at Lucasfilm. She's the one they're going to blame. And she has no power whatsoever. And I said that six months before she was fired. Hmm. Wow. I, I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes on TV shows. <laughs> the minority token comes in. The minority token is abused. The minority token goes out. It's a, literally a, a revolving door. And I've had very painful conversations with powerful people that they're doing this. And then, you know, I'm not asked back the next season after that. So, yeah, I, it, it, you know, we've talked to a, a couple of people about that where, you know, they they check all their boxes. We saw the the whiteboard from the High Republic mm-hmm. writers room. Yeah, they had all the all the all the, uh, all the yeah. all things. We got to have this gender thing. We got to have the yeah, yeah. Yeah. And at the bottom was interesting characters or whatever it said. It was like <laughs> But but we've talked about the fact that they they check the boxes and they put this representation in, but they don't do them any justice. They they're, they they're degraded, like stereotypical right. representation, right? Yeah, they're poorly written, just like in the Last Jedi. All the minority characters were poorly written. I said that right after I saw the movie. I said this is a racist movie. You know, Finn, who was at least an interesting character, mm-hmm. the in only the one, movie, right? <laughs> the only one. But he was yeah. like, All right, I want to see where the stormtrooper goes, right? Even then, even that one had a little bit of like, well, he's a he's a janitor, with, okay. But okay, even that, I was like, <laughs> All right. But and then he's like, he's the first time we see him. He's this bumbling buffoon with this stupid plastic thing with water coming out, right? And then he's got yep. this idiotic, no nonsensical non romance with Rose, who is, you know, you know, Kelly Marie Tran is an incredible actress. She's a beautiful actress, and yep. they made her look ridiculous and dumpy. They mm-hmm. gave her a poorly written role that was degrading, humiliating, and her whole arc makes no sense. And I was like, None. why are you doing this to her? I, I walked out of the movie and this is racist, and I was attacked by some of these woke people when I started saying that publicly, mm-hmm. saying, that you all, you're the racist, man. You, you don't support the black character or the Asian character. I'm like... I support a really well-written black and Asian right. character. And they, you know, exactly. was a well-written character, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and then finally, when, when the gentleman who played Finn finally spoke up and started saying, yeah, I was treated poorly on the show and my arc was humiliating. Then suddenly all those woke people became real quiet. Hmm. Real quiet. Yeah. All of yeah. a sudden they were on John Boyega's side, right? When he, right. when he came out in GQ and lambasted him. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe the direction they took him in. I really couldn't. It was, I could uh, because that's how that's, I've been on shows where that's happened, where I've said, why are we doing this for the character? And then it's like, you know, okay, thank you very much. You can be quiet now. Right? Well, you think back to the Force Awakens trailer, and he's the first person you see, right? And he's got yeah, the – he stood up, he's sweating, and he's got the Stormtrooper outfit on. You're kind of trying to figure out, is he in disguise? Then you watch the movie, and he, and he clearly defects. And so you've got this Stormtrooper with a conscience, like a moral compass, right? And the, what I took from it is he might have been on his first little away mission. Because they, you know, they show him going down, and then, and I think he didn't expect the genocide that he saw, the, just the the slaughter. Sure. And I think well, that's down was a whole village. I mean, they've been, you know, right. they've been told they're these heroic people bringing order to a chaotic galaxy. Yeah, exactly. And then they have to kill all these kids and old people. And I'm like, wait, well, yeah, I didn't sign up for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I didn't sign up. He was abducted. Essentially, he was, you know, mm-hmm. he was right. So he defects, and then later in the movie, he picks up a lightsaber. You know, so you wonder if he's even got some force sensitive. Or- yeah, you can't handle lightsaber that easily. You you, you kill yourself very lightly. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you, just, you figure that this is going to be the centerpiece. I mean, they had already made it clear that Ray was the bestest ever, but yeah. but you could have. I think Finn should have been the the core character of the whole thing. Then you get to the next one, and like what, a thirty minutes in, he said, "Yeah, I used to mop the floors there." Yeah. Okay. I mean, look, 
but look that that that's this industry so you're asking earlier what happened to our franchises what happened to our franchises is a lot of smug fake liberal types came into our industry and they went from being the sort of the annoying person in the room that all, would always say we've got to be more pc to actually running the whole thing right mm. that's where we are so i tend to pinpoint this back to ghostbusters 2016 Mm-hmm. Because up to that point, I mean, you saw it here and there. It wasn't a prevalent movement. Mm-hmm. But when that trailer dropped and it had that huge ratio of like versus dislike, like well, millions of haters, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they, and then the cast and the director, Paul Fee, go out on national TV and start attacking the paying customer. And that, like, that's, that seems to me the exact moment that this all started. It, 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 it at the level it's at now. And it was linked to something, which I've said before. And again, now we're getting to the dangerous topic of politics. But it's linked. it was linked to this was the time when, when Trump was rising in the national polls. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, and the industry suddenly made everything about Trump. It has made everything about Trump for the last four years. And even now that he's gone, it still makes everything about him, right? And so this was all about everything. If you don't support this movie, you must be a rabid Trumper, right? I'm like, look, I got my issues with Trump and I'm happy to critique him and I do. But I'm like, this movie sucks, man. What are you doing here? (laughs) One of the greatest franchises from my childhood, you know, you know, why are you messing with it like this? There's no reason to do what you've done to it. Make this ridiculous joke with these good actors. And Feig is a good director. I've enjoyed many of his movies. Look, what's Man. happening here? Literally, the whole thing was like, you're just making a movie to lecture us about what you think we should be. And that was the beginning because then there were a bunch of them after that. They all failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you had the Charlie's Angels. You had the what were the some Terminator, of the Terminator, Dark Fate, Birds of Prey, Birds of Prey, and all. Birds of Prey yeah. was the last uh, of of them, and uh, it would have been the end of this whole sort of let's preach and write bad movies, but preach. It would have because all those movies lost money for the the studios, and they'd woken up to it. The problem was that, and the industry, and I've said this before, the industry had figured out already a year before. They had figured out from Last Jedi that they were on the wrong path, but they had all these sh- movies in production. They had to put them out, right? And so, right, 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 right. Birds of Prey was the last one. By Terminator, they knew they were done. By Charlie's Angels, they knew we have to stop this, right? And but they had to get that last one out, and it failed, and they went out there, and they were already the industry was ready to go back to normal. The execs were like, "We got to make money here. This isn't what the audience wants." Let's move forward. And then the events of last year happened, and it wasn't just the events of the virus. It was the events of, you know, the summer we had, you know, Mr. Floyd's killing, and then we had the riots that came after that and BLM and Antifa and all this. And suddenly the industry became, oh, my God, if we if we don't keep doing this thing that we don't want to do anymore, they're going to set fire to the studio lot. And oh, so geez. now they're going back to regurgitating, but they, their heart's not in it because they know it doesn't work, but they got to do it out of fear now. And it's infiltrated sports. It's infiltrated comic books. It's infiltrated uh, just about everything out there in pop culture. Now it's, I turned on the Super Bowl pregame the other day and the first, it took 30 seconds, 30 seconds. And I was like, Oh my God, I just shut it off. And it's sad because it's, it's gotten me to the point where it's difficult for me to watch anything because I'm like my, my heightened awareness it's like I'm almost looking for it, even if it's not there. I'm almost hallucinating that it is. You know what I mean? Well, well and, and I definitely I want to hear from the rest of the panel because I'm talking a lot, so I apologize. But I want to throw out for the panel to raise. Any of you guys fans of Cobra Kai? I started watching it for oh, the yeah. first time a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, oh my god, this is incredible. See, <laughs> we this love is- it. Yeah, and yeah, I was fan of the original movies, and they captured what should have been done with the Star Wars movies. They should have mm-hmm. because 
you love all the characters and you believe where all of them are. Right, right. Yes. And, and, you know, and it's not like this simplistic Daniel good guy versus mm -hmm. Johnny bad guy. Johnny's really the hero of the show. Yep. <laughs> It's actually the, the 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 villain that you need because everyone is a moron in this generation. He's the villain. <laughs> we're all crazy. I'm mm -hmm. gonna keep you back on track with Cobra Kai. And Johnny has has become a. I mean, sorry, Dan, Daniel has become a little bit of that douchebag. He went from being the hero to the guy that still lives in high school, living off of his his old glory, and he's become a bit of a selfish douchebag now that now that you know Mr. Miyagi's not there, and it's a hundred percent believable. Mm -hmm. It's not the fall of Skywalker, you know why Daniel has become that guy because you've met that guy. We all know that guy right. who's still in high school who's still mm -hmm. got trophies, right? Yep. And he's now a bit of a douche, right? Because that's mm -hmm. what he's got going for him. And and Johnny, who's had life punch him in the face, <laughs> is now trying to be mature. This is the natural human evolution of characters, so you buy it. Do but you see this as um as a as a sign that that there might still be a turning? I mean, how how much how much longer do you see the, the Hollywood going? Well, I want to answer before that before they fix it. Stacey, because yeah. okay. I said the lovely yeah. lady has to speak, and so yep. Stacey thinks. I'm well, sorry, no, no, no. sorry Stacy. No, 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 don't be sorry. Um, the thing the thing I think about is like, I mean, my whole perspective is how do we make things better? Like, what right. do we need to do to make things better? Right. So, are we blaming like these high level executives that are racist, or are we blaming the Twitterverse who bitch and complain about and are offended by everything and in turn, now that's why the studios are kowtowing to this obnoxious behavior and cancel culture and whatever. So what do we do as regular people that enjoy just good entertainment without all the extra, you know, crap to kind of just live to some certain expectation? Like what, how do we make things better? Like, that's where I come from, you know, how do we, what do we do from there? So I'm gonna answer both Stacey and Edson, so together. So I'm, I think what you do is you support things like Cobra Kai because the industry has noticed. It's the number one show on Netflix. I mean, it was on YouTube Red, nobody watched it on YouTube Red, a handful of people watched it when it was on right. YouTube. Right. When it came out in Netflix, right, I hadn't seen it. I was very nervous about it. So I hadn't bothered to get yeah. onto YouTube to check it out. I was like, I don't want to mess with you. I've already had Luke Skywalker ruined. I don't want to mess with this. I hear it's good. I don't want to trust it. When it came out on Netflix, I watched it. I'm halfway through season two, and I can't stop watching it. I'm utterly addicted mm -hmm. to it. And yeah. it's become the number one show. And Netflix has noticed that. Okay. The industry has noticed that. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you know, these guys are coming on Good Morning America, the actors, mm -hmm. all their, their careers have quantum leaped. Right, yeah. they're back. These guys are all '80s washed-up actors who are now <laughs> the biggest stars in the world, yeah. and mm -hmm. they're loving it. And and people are loving the show. And it's mm -hmm. a, at a time it's a family show. You can watch it with any age, mm -hmm. you know. And it it has no problem mocking the silliness of our current environment. One of my favorite moments uh, in season two, without giving you spoilers, you know, is this. You know, Johnny, who's now got the Cobra Kai studio all set up, and he's got a lot of people coming, and so you mm -hmm. get. You, gets a call from a parent who wants to sign up their kid for, for karate. So he's like, oh, yes, you know, you, you know, she, the parents are like, oh, yes, it's open to both boys and girls. And he's listening, he goes, gender what? <laughs> <laughs> he just hangs out, right? Because he's he doesn't understand yeah. where the weirdo narrative that we're living in today is. He's a dude from the 80s, and he doesn't get it. And that's a way to comment on how silly our mm -hmm. current environment mm -hmm. is. I yeah. wish I could be just as, like, socially naive as Johnny sometimes just completely out, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think the thing that makes it, we've talked about this a million times already. Right. But like the character of Johnny, like he is kind of ignorant in a lot of ways, but it's not in any hateful kind of way. It's more like just kind of, everybody has that family member that like, isn't 
meaning to be mean in any way or whatever. It's just they are how they are, and he's yeah, never they're, like they're still on the island. And they're likable, and it's like he's likably on PC because he's not like you know. I, I think that's a good but thing. But the fact that the show is so successful <laughs> is a sign. The I fact that it's right. number one on Netflix, number mm -hmm. one on Netflix. Yeah, you know, it's only been out a couple of months. Number one on Netflix, right? Is because people love his character. Absolutely, love the fact yep. that he is the truth speaker. So mm -hmm. the, the bean counters are going to notice this. In fact, mm -hmm. they're, and they're right. going to create more of them. It's just they have to overcome. In fact, I'm actually believing again going to politics now that the the gentleman that most of the industry wanted is in power. They can now get off the. We have to, you know. Be out of political, yeah. How can just mm -hmm. go back to making money, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. And well, we've, I, been we've 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 talked about that. I mean, we kind of get so you know overwhelmed by the shenanigans of the Twitterverse and you know how ridiculous it is. And I mean, I think I've been saying for weeks now, like the, since the beginning, that like they're just this is a group. And when you know the higher ups realize this is not the majority of what people think. These are. This is a subset of society that doesn't reflect on most everyone else. And when that's acknowledged and recognized by the people making TV, I think maybe we'll we'll see a shift. Well, and the brilliance of it as well is Cobra Kai has mm -hmm. t-shirts you can buy. People are buying Cobra Kai geese. It's mm -hmm. and, and that's where the money is, right? Right. Mm -hmm. right. 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 The merchandising, merchandising. They're like merchandising, and it's the bad guys, the mm -hmm. unhealthy jerks who are selling the merchandise, <laughs> yep. right? Yeah. Lucasfilm woke up when when Baby Yoda sold all the merchandise, mm -hmm. right? That's yep. when they woke up. And they're ne they're never, I don't believe for one second, despite all the political nonsense that we have to support the Miss Ariel and all this stuff for PR purposes, we have to let poor Gina Crano be attacked for PR purposes. Oh, God. Internally, yeah. their money is in Baby Yoda and John Favreau, and he's got all the power, but he's a wise person and mm -hmm. he wants to get involved in this drama. You right. know, I used to work for Disney and I was unwise. I wrote the Tron animated series, Tron Uprising. I was the head writer for that. And I was fired halfway through the show because I had the the foolishness of telling executives at Disney that things weren't working properly and we needed to fix this and that. And and boom, they're like, yeah, you don't question this. And I was out and they brought a yes man in and the show, mm. the show, the show went away. Yeah. The show went away. Well, that's corporate America right there anyway, right? I mean, that's kind yeah. of. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody ever wants to hear bad news. Yeah, mm -hmm. Travro is smarter than me. He's, he will go, you're that's right. Everything you're doing is absolutely mm -hmm. fine. <laughs> And then just do a golden and do the yeah. opposite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Me, I'm like, no, no, do you have to right. fix the wrong thing? And I'm like, yes. yes. There's a way to do it. And John Favreau has figured it out. I mean, I think he's, you know. He's like, he's, he'll never, he's never fought Kathleen Kennedy. I'm yeah. sure he's never even had an argument with her in person. He understands right. just, just get, just play along to get along and then outsmart your adversary. Yep, exactly. You know, like, you know stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I, I wish I knew how to do that. I'm like. No, it's, I'm a, like, it's a quality. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, yeah. I think with Cobra Kai, Cameron, is that it it set the blueprint for how to do diversity without smashing you over the head with it, right? You, you, I mean, it's an incredibly diverse show. The lead kid is is, right. is Ecuadorian. You have an African American girl, right? You have yep. I mean, it's very diverse, and mm -hmm. you and you don't even you never Not think forced. about them except yeah. the, right. the stupid like jerk, like you know the the the, the ultimate villain. You know, Crease uh, is like, oh, get rid of that Mexican kid, right? right, and right, he's, right. He's the he's the villain, so he can say stupid things like that. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Of course. Yeah, yeah. We we really loved it. We did an hour long review of it. Uh, the four four of us did, um, and it was just uh, 
for me, I didn't want to watch it because I didn't. I know, really, me neither. I was, I avoided it for a long time. But Jason and his brother Jude, who's on the show, uh, kept telling us to, and I finally gave in. And mm-hmm. I think I watched all three seasons in like two days. I, yeah, was, like, <laughs> I love my sister. We're very close. She's much more politically left than I am. But she was when she finally bothered to watch the show. She's absolutely in love with it. Now she's mm-hmm. now she is binging it with her children. Right? Yeah. And and you know and it allows me to be able to make fun of some of the woke stuff. She's a university professor. She's surrounded by woke people, right? Oh, yeah. But it allows me to make fun of some of the woke stuff in her world through the show. Like, oh, wasn't that scene mm-hmm. funny? It allows us that connection. Yeah. I spent ten years uh, teaching in higher ed in my youth, <laughs> and um, I, I saw it coming. I saw the participation trophy generation coming. And, and the, the whole it's not fair and everybody's equal and everyone's special and i'm like oh no this well, is the last stop to the real world you're not doing these kids any favors here life will teach you the life will teach you the truth you can tell kids that there's no gravity but watch them step out the window and see what happens yeah. <laughs> oh very nice yeah, life mm-hmm. exactly i'm stealing that <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you use think that, is gonna use happen? That like a clip that and use that as a clip what do you <laughs> think is gonna happen uh, at disney when when is, you think it's just going to be status quo with Filoni and uh, Favreau just yeah, I, I think, getting I think, away with I, this? You know, there's always there's look. You always see the sort of clickbait videos of like Favreau has been right. overthrown by KK. You know, that's clickbait right, right. stuff. Okay. I mean, as far as I know, and I know people who are very. I mean, like I've said this once. I have a, a friend who is who is in John Favreau's inner circle. He's part of his sort of standard crew that goes on every project with him. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I mean, we're talking about inner like. Favreau is like, I right. need this guy to do this on every show, right? And every movie. And he told me before all this craziness happened last year, we had we had coffee in a coffee shop in, in mm-hmm. like early last year. And he told me, hey, you know, Favreau hates The Last Jedi. I don't know if you know that. You know, he, <laughs> he, he hates it. And he watched it and goes, what, what the hell is this crap, right? Mm-hmm. And he called, and according to him, it's what he said. He said, he called Disney and said, guys, can I help you with this? I can fix this for you. This ain't going to be what the audience wants, right? So he right. inserted himself into this nice. because he's a fan. And I believe mm-hmm. him. And he's completely, his victory with the Baby Yoda number one, with uh, with Ahsoka number two, mm-hmm. with Boba Fett number three, and finally with Luke Skywalker, it, mm-hmm. is, it, is, it is Muhammad Ali. You know, just, it's just, yeah. it's, he just punched them. The, 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 the Kathleen Kennedy cult is down, they're out. All they're left with is the Disney said, "Okay, you what? You can have these books and these comic books and these video games and shut up and stay over there." Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. And if you keep losing us money, eventually we're going to shut you yep. down too, right? And wow. that's what it is. Favreau is completely in control, and he did it wisely so that he can't be criticized. And yeah. he stays, never once says anything political. He mm-hmm. stays out of the Gina Carano stuff. He just stays all out of it because he's exactly. like that. That's what the bad guys want. Yep. They want me to get involved in this? So they can pull me down. Yep. Yeah. He's a smart man. He is. Good news. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Huge fan. But there's a reason that the Gina Carano has been so outspoken, right? You know, is because she obviously feels. I don't know if she ever was given official permission. She obviously feels free, aside from the fact she's an independent spirit by nature, right? And she's a fighter. She obviously felt comfortable from a professional level to be free about her politics on some level on Twitter. And now we see the recent reports coming out just a couple of days ago that, oh, she apologized. I don't know that that's true. Uh, right uh, after those reports come out, she's putting out more political mm-hmm. stuff on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these memes and these that are making it clear that, you know, she's going to say whatever the hell she wants. Right. So I don't think that that's true. I think that Favreau said, look, just just don't be too obvious about it. Yeah. And and, you know, but don't be don't be a jerk, which she's not a jerk naturally. Right. And just go do your thing. Right. Yeah, because I'm sure he feels pressure to to do something about it. 
Yeah. From, and, from and the higher ups, you know. They should have fired her last summer, and they didn't. Right. Uh, so She's too popular. Yeah. She's they making would... money. People are buying her toy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No one is good. If she, if they were to fire her, people would ca- cancel Disney Plus. I would cancel Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. I only subscribed so I. to Disney Plus when I heard that Luke was back in a respectful way. I refused to do it for two. I didn't watch Mandalorian until a few weeks ago. Oh, wow. I subscribed the day after I heard Luke was back. Wow. Okay. Wow. And, and if he, they let her go, I will unsubscribe, and I'm not going to watch the Book of Boba Fett, and I'm not going to watch the Rangers or anything else. And I think that's going to be the case for a lot of people. I don't think that's a concern. I mean, with Favreau there, it's not. No, no, they're just look. They're just going to let all these PR morons do their thing. They're going to have. They're going to. They're going to let these Lucasfilm comic and writer people say dumb things, and Mm -hmm. they're going to have the PR person in in Lucasfilm put out press releases supporting them. Blah blah. And they're just. They're going to let all these morons have their drama over here. (laughs) Making money over on this side, right? And that's what they're going to do. I think your cookies are done, whoever. <laughs> that wasn't me this time. <laughs> Not high. Not high. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's interesting to me, too. Like, you have to see, like, Carl Weathers come out and back her, which I think is huge for yeah. the cause going forward. Uh, yeah, Carl carries yeah, a lot of He's an iconic figure. I'm not familiar with what she's been saying, but I, I just not much. But you, exactly. I mean, because we've talked about it before, though, when we're when we're looking at the other side, and we've pretty much all agreed that you, when you're when you're saying um, controversial things, you're isolating half of your fan base, and that's not a smart thing to do when you're right. you know a person whatever. So whichever side you're on, I think you need to be smart with what you're saying. If you know, it's not it's not it's not a good idea to. Say things that are going to alienate half your uh, fan base, you know. And I think she, she puts out memes. She doesn't do a lot of direct Twitter. She puts out some really fun memes and okay. stuff. Where she makes I follow her, her on Instagram, but I don't follow her on. Um, yeah, her memes are like so, you know, be free. Like she just put the meme she put out the day when the the article came out claiming she had apologized and was promised to keep her mouth shut. Yeah, she put out a meme of a guy who sort of looked like the president Biden wearing a wearing a mask made out of money. Okay. And so it's just an image, and you can interpret it any way you want. Right. Okay. This industry is trying to shut people up, and I'm not with money, and I'm Got not participating you. in that. Right? Okay, so it's more mm-hmm. perspective, and it's what people are just kind of like linking to it more yeah, than projecting. I mean, saying, "Got you." Okay. Yeah, and I think some some jerks went through her likes to try to see if she might have liked some right. Oh reviews. my goodness! Like, oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah. Through my likes, they're gonna find all kinds of wacky stuff, right? <laughs> but that's the stuff. But she never says anything. She puts out. I mean, she's anti-lockdown. I'm anti-lockdown. She puts out memes against lockdown. You know, the, the thing is, I went to check her um her Wikipedia page uh, yesterday. Just felt like seeing it, and there's a whole section about. Controversies and the Wikipedia page is all written by woke right. moms. They're all like yeah, yeah. controversies of how she was a uh, yeah, transphobe and all these things. And I was like, I mean, it was the most biased nonsense I'd ever read because mm-hmm. none of it is actually what what she is or what she what she did. But whatever. But she doesn't care. She doesn't care because she's making the money mm-hmm. and it's not her moral character to care about bad people. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, putting out a meme like the mask thing with the money could be interpreted as you know, the COVID situation caused the greatest wealth transfer in history. Human history, so there's several ways you can look at that. Exactly, that's what she's an artist. She puts out a meme, Mm -hmm. and you interpret. There was another image she put out of of herself sitting there and holding literally like a a hand mirror in front of her, and through the mirror you don't see her face; you just see like a reflection. So the idea is you're just seeing what you want in, Mm -hmm. and there's no words. You interpret that image yourself, right? Yeah, that's well, interesting. That's, that's another problem with the the Twitterati or whatever you want to call it, is they're they're looking for a fight. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely looking for for somebody to go after, yeah. and and it it's it's 
the first thing that moves, they jump on it. So she says something even remotely, you know, in, in, interpreted in a, in, a, in a strange way. Bam, they're on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I always think of that scene in the first Batman, the Michael Keaton Batman, where he goes to Vicki Vale's apartment and he's going to mm -hmm. tell her that he's Batman. Right. And he does the whole thing where he's like, you know how normal people wake up and go downstairs and make coffee and eat breakfast and and i think of that because the twitter people wake up in the morning and look for people that did something <laughs> wrong and want to destroy them and take their career and flush it down the toilet and mm -hmm. that's the yeah, i just see michael keep saying it that way you know? <laughs> and then when she walks she was like you yeah. <laughs> couldn't say those words until she walked away. That was awesome. <laughs> the genius of that movie is she figures that out for herself. He just shows yep. you there. <laughs> That's such a good movie. Oh my god! I yeah, it still holds up. I love it. I love it. But um, yeah, it's it, uh the the madness on Twitter just never ceases to amaze me. And I did see today that they're thinking about seriously thinking about charging people yeah, to tweet. Then they're then they're done. Then oh, they're I can't done. wait! I want it to happen. Oh, yeah. I want that to happen. Yep. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The funny thing is, all these woke idiots have no money. They exactly. 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 What we talk about because they're there all day doing that. They're not working. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, you see, this is actually goes to where the mistake Hollywood made. I watched it happening uh, over the course of my you know twenty years, almost a full generation that I've been there watching it happen. When I first arrived in the early two thousands. Everyone is talking about you got to write for the youth crowd, the demographics, 18 to 45, 18, yep. because they have all the money, right? And that's what we were trained with. That's mm -hmm. the market everybody wants, right? And then over the course of the last 10 years, the people that aged into that group were broke, living at home with their parents with $3 million of student debt that they can't pay. <laughs> and suddenly we're still writing for these people. But and that was a part of the mistake of what happened on, on, on the Star Wars mm -hmm. thing is they thought they were writing for those people who are saying dumb things about woke this and race that and trans this and whatever. And like, but they don't have any money. Right. They can't buy, they can't go to see a movie. They're not going to buy the toys. They don't have any money. Mm -hmm. It's people like us, Generation X, that have the money, mm -hmm. right? right? And that's the that's economic uh, fallacy that I've watched my industry fall into because mm -hmm. we were. Our the prior generation to Generation X, whatever the the uh, the, the boomers had a lot of money. Generation mm -hmm. X has some money. Suddenly, and so we were writing. We were writing for the boomers, and mm -hmm. the boomers had, uh, or we were writing for the for the millennials. I'm sorry, for the young uh, not millennials, the young Generation X. Right, and, right, and the millennials right. came in and they were broke. And then now Generation Z is coming and they're even more broke. <laughs> and so it's like you can't write for these people who can't buy your product. Right? Yeah, no, it's it it's. Uh... It's funny you say that. Gene Simmons did an interview, I think, yesterday mm -hmm. on Radio 104 out there in L.A., and he said it's the, the young people have ruined the music industry because they don't pay for anything. They, mm -hmm. they get on their Spotify. And they, and they resent it. The idea of paying for something is an insult to them. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and, well, I, I know several uh, Zs and, and millennials that complain about concert ticket prices, and I'm like, you did that. You did mm -hmm. that by not buying albums. Mm -hmm. And I guess Gene Simmons said that you get, like, Point zero 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 three cents per stream hit on a song, so you have to like have like a billion <sighs> to make a couple thousand bucks. Which is exactly why the money goes to Taylor Swift, and it doesn't go to the rest of the system, right? Right. The entire world we're living in is funneling money hey, Lorena. to a group of people. Thank you, Lorena. God bless, yeah, Lorena. Um, yeah, it, well, it's, that's all they know. I mean, you really you can't, you know. 
Oh, of course, they don't. They don't know anything else. These are kids that are raised in an right. environment you, you were taught. You know, it's there. It's available. That's what you do. You know, you just yeah. you know stream. Well, there, there's there's been a sense of entitlement again, going back to my early higher ed career, and now when I get like interns or uh, even kids right out of school, the the I, the idea that they think that we're going to hand them the keys to the edit suite hmm. because they did their four years at school and got a piece of paper that I'll wipe my ass with, right? right. Um, they don't have the even the um, the wherewithal to realize that they have to climb the ladder. They have to do. Yeah, and, and they, they, consider that to be, they consider that to be oppression. That mm. this is systematic discrimination. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, and I've, I've witnessed that amongst writers. You know, you know, I've mentored a lot of writers. And in the last few years, there has been this incredible entitlement among young writers that they're going to come out of college. And then they're going to get, they have to resentfully get like an assistant job for a year. And then they're going to become a showrunner. Uh, and then, and wow. regrettably, I've actually worked in circumstances where that happened, where somebody who was young and was in the connected to the right people was given that wow. and was an utter horrific disaster because mm. they had no experience whatsoever. Right. Aside from being completely immature as a human being, they had mm. no experience of how to do anything. And they were given, here's a $50 million budget and a 300-person crew. And you can imagine the disaster. Because, yeah. you know, Hollywood, is a, they're cabals. And this person fit into one of the cabals. And the cabal said, mm -hmm. I like this kid. We're going to give this kid a chance, right? And the kid made the cabal lose money. And then the kid was out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, there's this. The, you can be talented as, as anybody. I mean, we all felt that way paying our dues early on, like watching maybe – Maybe, uh, you know, I remember working on a commercial, watching the director stumble his way through it. And I'm like, geez, I could have directed three of these by now. Yeah, but mm -hmm. but I had to paint the sets, you know, um, mm -hmm. and I, I ate my shit and I liked it. Th these kids don't seem to understand that. Like you said, Cameron, they see it as oppression. You're, you know, keeping mm -hmm. me down. Well, there's, there's a reason, going back to politics, there's a reason why suddenly I'm shocked to see everyone on Twitter is calling for communism. They're talking about how great Stalin was and how Paul Pot was a great leader. I'm seeing this kind of stuff. You know, it's what's because their lives suck so badly. To them, communism is better than what they got. Right. Wow. That's pretty pathetic, right? I mean, like being in like the, the world they're pushing us towards, which is we're all going to be in sort of this, you know, Maoist state, to them is still a better life than the mm. what they got. Because well, they, they, it, they it stems get from the, everybody gets a trophy. You mm -hmm. don't have to try. You don't just show up and you, everyone's the same, you know, it, and it, it really it really comes from that. I, I think so, at least. Mm -hmm. It's looking for free stuff, more free handouts yeah. from the state. I mean, who cares if we have to do what they say and we're dependent on them? Just, I want free stuff, right? Yeah, and, uh, yeah who yeah. doesn't? I want free stuff. Yeah, well, we but there's most of the things. There's a there's a great Buddhist story about that where you know a, a guy you know who's like a really bad guy, like sort of highway robber type criminal guy, and he ends up getting killed in a raid and dies, and he wakes up and he's in this beautiful, beautiful garden. You know, surrounded by beautiful women and everything, and he's everything he wants is given to him. And he's like, well, I led this really evil life, and basically, I'm I've been getting everything. Wow, I got into heaven, right? That's great. And so, and a few hundred years of this goes by, where everything he wishes for is given to him instantly, right? And he gets really bored, and he becomes eventually full of despair because he has nothing to fight for. He's just living, and finally, he's wandering, and he meets some guy like the Buddha appears in the garden. He's like, Hey, hey, wait a minute, I, you know, this heaven sucks. Why would you do that? And, and the Buddha looks at him and goes, oh, you thought you were in heaven this whole time? <laughs> mm -hmm. There's a really great yeah. Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, there's like a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Like that. That archetypal myth, it, it, right? yeah, it probably yeah. is. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. But that's the idea is that a, a world without struggle is a world not worth living in, which is sort of the message of right. Cobra Kai, right? It's yeah. a, you know, that, you know, it's the, it's, life is painful and it's punching you in the face and mm -hmm. you either learn how to punch back or mm -hmm. you're just going to be pummeled to your gun. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And the things yeah. worth having are the things worth working for. I mean, that's, there's, you know, there's something to that too, you know? Yeah. Well, there's no such thing as a free lunch, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. that, that's for it in one way or another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Whenever I'm offered, you know, and in Hollywood, there's always a too good to be true. Mm. <laughs> and they're always like, sure. yeah, okay, I'm walking away from this right now because I know whatever the string is, is going to be <laughs> offering it. Well, I, have I have a lot of friends, you know, who do the nine to five thing and they can't understand why I prefer to work for myself and not know where the next job or the next paycheck is coming from. And I've been doing it for almost 20 years now. And, yeah. you know, yeah, like it, to me, that's what makes life worth living. I love that uncertainty. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's yeah, I have panicky times. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. God, I'm not booked for a week. But then no, I but get all of them were taught a lesson. Last year showed them everyone that mm -hmm. was there's no security, right? You right. Know, every day, even the nine to fivers had yeah. their illusion taken away last year. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. So just to shift gears just a little bit, because I know this is another one of your favorite topics failing upward. <laughs> that's most of my industry. I mean, that's most of the industry. I mean, I it's because again, because to put it in a conspiratorial term, because again, Hollywood is a conspiracy. There are cabals here. There's various. There are various groups of people that create a club for themselves uh, that they have done over multiple generations. Those clubs are sometimes they're ethnic, sometimes they're they're about sexual orientation, about this and that. But they're various, like. I want people like myself in this club and right. I'm giving them opportunities oh, to be okay. like myself regardless of their talent. The person that I worked with mm. that ended up being fired because they brought such disaster to the club was only given that opportunity because they were mentored by somebody in the club, right? Mm -hmm. uh, sure. He was in a specific group within television that's very powerful and this person was like, had all the right mentors in that group and they, and they brought her in and she caused them such disaster that she was let go. Wow. Um, because wow. you know, but that's again, they well deserved, I think. But this industry is full of people that have been rising up because they know the right people and mm -hmm. they might even have some talent. I mean, if you look at JJ Abrams, he was born into a rich family, he's born to a very successful producer's family. His dad was a very successful TV producer, already Hollywood royalty, right? And he was born to that, but he had talent. If you read his watch his first movie that he made when he was 19 regarding Henry with Harrison Ford, it's a good oh, yeah. It's a good yeah. movie, right? So he right. has talent. And it was a it was a unique movie. It was an authentic and interesting movie. And then after that, the gentleman kind of coasted, you know. Mm -hmm. Everything after that was a mimicry of something else. You know, if you if you watch Alias, that's literally run. I mean, the pilot is run Lola Run. He just took <laughs> I mean, even he yeah, and he took like even the hair from Ron. Yeah, Lola. you're right. Yeah, I never even I never expected that. That's crazy. No and he made a career out of becoming mm -hmm. of mimicking and becoming massively successful with mimicry. And there's no reason for that, dude. You actually are talented. Right. But yeah, after totally. 20 years of it, you get secure in that the world is gonna take this from you until mm -hmm. the star shook him up a little bit. The mimicry didn't work anymore. I right. call him Dollar Tree Spielberg. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, his buddy or or well. <laughs> He's got his own club surrounded by people that are, let's say, he's a talented guy surrounded by people that are his friends who aren't talentless hacks, right? Who have oh. become very powerful people in Hollywood. And slowly people are realizing, mm -hmm. man, you actually have, I mean, at least JJ's got something. You got nothing. <laughs> you know, I haven't watched the Clarice show, but I, I, everything I read and hear about it, it it's DOA. Mm -hmm. It's more just 
garbage from Alex Kurtzman's treasure chest of garbage. You know, he's ruined all these Star Trek shows. He's ruined Star Trek. Star Trek's my favorite franchise, and it's unrecognizable. It's been pulverized. I, I enjoyed the first Star Trek movie. I was startled that they made an alternative timeline, but I was like, oh, let's see what they do with that. The second one was just a shock to me. Opening scene, oh, yeah. Eyes underwater. I'm like, what is this crap? And then and then Han shows up again. At least they got Ricardo Montalban to play the Indian Sikh dude, right? Now they got some British dude to play the yeah. Indian Sikh dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> and, and even the lines are ripped off from the movie that it had, you know, from what? that. So, but that whole, you know, that... It's interesting. No one ever talks about Mr. Mr. Orsi, who was Mr. Kurtzman's partner until they they parted ways. And I don't know uh, Mr. Orsi at all. I have several friends who are very close to him, and who said, you know, he was politically more in tune with where we are. He was not in the woke thing. He saw the reality of things, and he didn't want to be part of that. And secondly, you know, he just he he under you know he just didn't want to play the games of giving the system what it thought it wanted. Right, mm. he wanted to create stuff, and so Mr. Kirschman's like, "No, that's what the money is. We just give them what they want." Mm. And that, you know, the entire crowd around J.J. Abrams is just give the market, just give these executives, not the market, give the executives what they think they want, and they'll keep giving you more work. And he's right, and that's why they parted ways. And and Orsi, you don't hear about anymore, right? No, he no, was actually a creative genius in that team, as far as I can tell. And he had the wisdom to see where the industry was going, and he said, "I'm not going to go down this road." You know mm. that. You and Kirschman wants to go down. Kirschman's like, all right, see you later. And he went down that road and became very successful and became incredibly hated. That is he borderline blacklisted at this point, you think? You know, I've heard a little bit that, you know, his politics are a little bit more on the right and that can blacklist you. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. You don't hear about him much anymore. I'm sure I'm sure he's working. I'm sure he's working. But the, my friends who know him say he's a very good guy and a very creative guy. He's just an independent thinker like like the people on this on this cast, people like Chrono, like people like I'd like to think myself are. And that's the industry is not interested in that, especially when your partner is willing to play along with it. And the mm. problem is now everyone is realizing that Mr. Kurtzman is leading all of this to an economically unsuccessful end. Mm. It's but a disaster. What to do because one of the things you figure out is the industry – is like a uh, the executives, especially the industry, is basically a, a rider sitting on a horse backwards. So the horse is moving this way, and the rider is facing the wrong direction. So the rider keeps going. I want that. I want to go there. I want to go there. What's just passed you by? I want to go there. Mm -hmm. Right. The horse is going the other way, and the industry is all these people that are seeing what just went by that's already done, and say, I want to go there. Right. <sighs> and so they don't see where the horse is going. Right. Hmm. And, and so somebody like Orsi who sees where the horse is going is the profit that nobody wants, and they got rid of him. Hopefully, he'll find, hopefully, as I think the next year or so, a lot of the uh, the old sort of, you know, plastic Buddhas of this town are going to shatter. And I think people are going to go back to want storytellers who are looking forward. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you just described vision, having vision. Mm -hmm. And to me, in the last 10 years or so, 12 years, the only one that seemed to display any kind of vision was Kevin Feige. And John Favreau. John Favreau actually started the whole thing, and then when Disney got it, they brought in Feige and and whatnot. But you don't clearly the Star Wars sequels didn't have a plan. They were making it up as they were going along. It was These a Star Hollywood Trek thing. No it was. Plan. It's again. It's around people that just want to give the executives what they want. Mm. Your job is to tell the executives again. Favreau does it smart. It's like you're right, and then do whatever you want to do. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's your job, right? And the worst thing is to say, oh yeah, whatever you want, boss. Yeah. Which is what happened, you know, when I said you're wrong and I was pushed out of Tron Uprising, mm -hmm. they brought in, and it was actually the people behind it were all part of the uh, of Mr. Mr. Abrams, 
you know, group. And they brought in somebody in there and he's like, yeah, boss, whatever you want. And he gave them whatever they wanted. And it didn't work. Mm-hmm. People, the first half of the show was really good. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> like, episode, like episode five was great. And then episode six was like, it's a totally different show. I was like, yeah, I don't write that one. <laughs> he gave them what they wanted. He gave them what they wanted. And they're like, oh, this show, nobody's watching the show anymore. I guess we're going to have to cancel it. Right. Well, you know, let's face it. The guys making, signing the checks and making the decisions aren't the most creatively uh mm-hmm. No. people in the world they're they're suits and ties and suits and ties and they were they were in the clubs the various clubs that, that got them in there yeah yeah like george carlin said it's a big club and you ain't in it well <laughs> the executives that fired me at disney are still there mm. wow I mean, you know they're all still there in different i'm sure some of them you know it was disney xd which i don't think even exists anymore and so i'm sure they're in different parts of the company now when i was there no, no, I would hear. I would walk by their office, and I wouldn't hear any creative discussion. They were literally. I would walk by the office, and they'd be like, they would talk to the assistant. Like, Can you make sure I have uh, the 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 special, you know, front seats at the Lakers game? And I mean, that's literally all the only conversations I ever heard. Actually, mm-hmm. I have to tell you the very first thing that happened to me at Disney when I came to Tron. So I was hired. I put together my writers team. The first day we arrived, and we came in. We pitched everybody how we're going to do the show and all this stuff and the character. And so I was very excited. And at the end of the day, one of the executives said, hey, let's let's talk. Let's do an end of first day review, right? So I go in and she closed the door and says, so you come, you come across as a very honest, trustworthy, straightforward person. That's not going to help you here. <laughs> Literally, she said that to That's me. Crazy. She, already, she, said, she said, I believe you actually are this person. Mm-hmm. Already, people are saying, what's this guy's angle? Yeah. This nice guy thing. He said, you know, he's going to be, their fear is, you, you know, you, you're, you're a nice guy, straightforward thing is an mm-hmm. act. You're going to stab them in the back. Everyone right. in industry knows, everyone in Disney knows that people are trying to stab you in the back. And they're all very obvious about it. You're like, you seem likable. That's really dangerous. Mm-hmm. And she, <laughs> day one, she said to me, you got to tone down the likability because now people are really nervous around you, what your, what your game, end game is. I'm like, mm-hmm. what is, you're trying to make a show and earn, earn money and go home. Right. <laughs> Wow. It's it's insane. It's maddening. People don't know what to do with that. Like really, I like I've, you know, I have the same, I'm pretty, you know, forward and I'm very honest and people don't know how to handle that. They really don't. So if you're in like such a shark tank, you know, world, I'm sure it's way worse. <laughs> I can only imagine. The the I army mean, look. I mean, I didn't enjoy getting fired. It was the first, you know, actually wasn't the first time I was fired. <laughs> I've been this loud mouth that I have had gotten me into other <laughs> before. But uh, but it was one where I didn't see it coming. Where I was like, literally, mm-hmm. I was producing scripts that were incredible that I thought, and the audience eventually, when they were filmed, thought they were incredible. And I was very like, when they called me in for the meeting, I thought it was about to discuss the second half of the season. Wow. Right? It was like, all right, time for you to pack up your box. I went, what? I wasn't prepared for that because I was like, but we're doing great. It's like, yeah, but you made the mistake of, of telling us that this person is causing difficulties in the production line. This person. And they said that to you. They said that was the reason. Well, well I'm pretty much. I mean, me, you know, it's not really working out. I was like, what do you mean it's not working really? out? Really? Oh, my God. And so I'm then being who I am. I said, okay, let's just be honest here. If you're going to let me go, I'm just mm-hmm. going to speak honestly here. So you're letting me go because yesterday I told you that X, Y, and Z people needed to, uh, needs to be removed from the process because they weren't providing notes on time. They were delaying mm-hmm. the production. And so you had to tell them either, I literally said to the executives the day before, you have to tell these two people either provide the notes on time so that we're not massively behind schedule, which is costing a lot of money. Because mm-hmm. oh, my scripts are on time, your notes are not on time, so the production schedule's off, right? Or mm-hmm. ask them to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. 
these people were very politically powerful and no one was willing to have that talk with them. They were willing to lose money on the production than to not have that talk with them because, because that way all those people are still like, they're all there still in Disney. They all hate each other and they're all working there. And they all know this person XYZ is incompetent, but they're never going to challenge them because they got to keep getting the front row at the Lakers, which mm. they if they're a high-level executive at Disney. If they're a fired nobody, they don't have that. So when I said this is the problem, you're asking me why we're off schedule? Mm-hmm. We People are not doing the job. And they're like, okay, yeah, well, you're done. Literally, you're done. I said, that's the reason you're letting me go. They're like, well... Yeah, well, well, I wouldn't say it's that. I'm like, yeah, I would say yeah. that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm this straightforward. And I was like, you're gonna let me go. I'm just gonna be honest with you about what you're doing here. And I said to them, what's gonna happen is you're gonna bring a yes man in. Your the production is gonna continue to fall off schedule because the yes man is just going to not raise any hackles about it. Mm-hmm. And then you're gonna look at the end of the aside from the fact the quality is gonna go down because they're not gonna write like me. Okay, mm-hmm. might, but they're not going to. Number right. two, they're uh they're not going to stop this train of financial ruin that you're on because you won't handle the internal politics. Mm-hmm. So season, when you look at your financials, you will have lost money on a show that should have been profitable and then you will not renew it. Mm-hmm. Exactly what happens. That's crazy. Well, they, they better straighten that out soon because they've lost a ton of money this year, especially with the parks being closed. And- well, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's why it's because everything that happened, Disney doesn't have time for garbage now. Right. You know, right. Disney, that's why they will let, they will, let Gina Carano post what she's got to post. They will let John Favreau do his thing because he's the only thing keeping them afloat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And selling toys and t-shirts and mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, Disney could go bankrupt if it wasn't for John Favreau. They could be in chapter 11 and be sold to some Chinese company. Right. But they paid four, four plus billion dollars for the Star Wars and Indiana Jones franchise, for the Lucasfilm franchise. Yeah. And they barely made that much money on those sequel movies. And, and that's a loss of money because, you know, I, I have an MBA and in my MBA, if I mean, you can't compare it to the number. What is it? All you compare it to is I take $4 billion and I put it in this account, which earns 5% interest, right? Or right. I can put $4 billion on this acquisition, which needs to earn me more than that 5% interest. So within exactly. 10 years, that $4 billion in that account would be $8 billion or $10 billion. So mm-hmm. within 10 years, Star Wars has to have brought in $10 billion or I have made a strategically right. financially wrong decision. And right. exactly what has happened. Mm-hmm. They're, still in loss. they're still in loss. Eight years into this, they're in loss. Nine years into this. Yeah, and they haven't even used the Indiana Jones property. They're and that, that they, they, right. I mean, if it wasn't for the Mandalorian, they would be in really dire straits. Yeah, that's the only thing that's pulling them any way out of this hole. Mm-hmm. So, then, you know, you look at like the shows on the CW, like Bat Whammon. Yes, I worked with you times. I know it very well. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason nobody uh, hired me back up to come on Batwoman. <laughs> My big mouth. Too honest. <laughs> <laughs> I worked. I worked on Nikita, on Rain, and mostly you know Roswell, New Mexico. I worked one season on Roswell, New Mexico as the number two on the show. I wasn't back the second season, and then the showrunner was let go, <laughs> and lots of drama there. And wow, I'm delighted that I was not back the second season. Well, you know, it's clear the channel's made for the tweens and the the you know mm-hmm. the college age kids and whatnot. I mean, it's well, definitely- they don't know their audience. The are they the channel's made for you. The channel's made for everybody on this thing here because you're the ones that would watch Batwoman. You're the ones that would watch all these superhero shows. Black. It's made for you, and mm-hmm. they don't understand that the they people don't. Yeah. they're making for are not the are not appreciating what they're doing. And you know, it's just they don't understand their market. Right. Yeah. You know, the first couple seasons of Arrow and the Flash were solid. 
Yeah, and absolutely. then it took a, a huge, for lack of a better term, a huge left turn. Um, I, I reviewed Batwoman season one, and part of what I was thinking is the checkboxes in the alphabet community representation in those shows. Yep. So I did a quick search, and I came up with they have 66 of those characters in these shows. Mm -hmm. 66! Well, there's a personal thing there. Uh, Mr. Greg Berlanti, who is a very, very yeah. successful producer and a smart guy, right? Yep. I've met him a couple of times. He's a very decent guy, at least was decent to be. Uh, you know, he's a member of the alphabet community, very proudly so, very out, and he's, he's dedicated his personal life to, you know, presenting that community's uh, stories, mm -hmm. right? Uh, he's mm -hmm. a director now. He's making directing movies about that. Um, you know, it is definitely a particular creative choice. As he became more and more successful, he felt more confident making the, his shows about that. You know, he started off on stuff like Everwood. They're, they're not about that. But then he yeah. solidified his power and he said, I'm in a position to talk about things that I care about. Mm -hmm. It's too much self-insertion. And you have, I mean, when they first started out, he had a, a co-showrunner. Was Alex Kreisberg or Andrew Kreisberg? Yes, who is uh, and he got me too, right? This figure, yes, and uh, yes. And the minute he got me too, is when everything suddenly. Oh, the minute that he was outed, I mean, he was a well-known me too uh, perpetrator for years. Well, uh -huh. and the entire system protected him because he was making them so much money. Yeah. Everyone that complained about him was was fired. Mm. Go was Yikes. another show. We knew about this guy. He was like Harvey Weinstein. We all knew about that, mm. right? Except the difference is Weinstein, the general public knew about it. Whereas this gentleman, we all knew about it. And no one, wow. no, no one attempted to hold him responsible. And in fact, they, they went out of their way to cover it up, the entire system, because he's making money. And that's mm. still, by the way, that hasn't changed. Mm. Oh, no, I was just going to say you're segueing perfect. Very too. much active today. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, to me, it looks like they It's never changed. To me, Weinstein was the sacrificial lamb. Like they, they put him out on the public in the public display. You know, stone him, stone the one villain here. But the rest uh, of them. I, I have a little bit of insight into that. Um, which before I go and then said, I said, Jason, I talk so much, I have not let you speak. So you know, would you like to jump into this conversation? I forgive me. I just, I just thought that's okay. Can everybody hear me right now? We can. Your, your internet is definitely spotty. Yeah. yeah, your signal's a little sad. That's okay. Can everybody hear me? Okay, yeah. we can hear you. I can hear you. Yes. So I, I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jason, please. Yeah, it's still, it still is pretty choppy. I bet if you shut your camera off, you'll okay. get it. Um, yeah, better. I'm sorry about that. Apologies. That's all good. So I oh, apologies for the, the signal. <laughs> I, I want to share with you why uh, uh, I have a little bit of insight and I, I, I know yeah, I don't know really, but I, uh, I, I worked on a show that was a Weinstein Company production when all of this went down. So I got some insight as to what happened. I was working on a show with Oliver Stone, the great director. I mean, I was mm -hmm. incredibly excited to be working with Oliver Stone, you know, one of my heroes as a filmmaker. And he, we, we were doing a show for Showtime Networks about Guantanamo Bay, about sort of the, 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 the there's still people in Guantanamo Bay that have been there for 20 years, right? Not right, 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 right. We all, the moment Obama was elected, everyone forgot about Guantanamo. And he, he, didn't, he didn't let any of those guys go. They're all still there, right? There's people that came at 18 and they're like 50, 40 years old now, still in Guantanamo, right? With no trial. So, but there are some trials. And this was a show dramatizing some of the, the terror trials in Guantanamo. And so we developed it. We had written the scripts. We were about to go into production. And the show had been a greenlit as a, as a Weinstein Company production. So Oliver Stone had come in with Weinstein Company and they were going to make the show, right? And, and so we had executives from Weinstein Company giving us notes, but, you know, Harvey wasn't our day-to-day -day guy in any way, shape, or form. But one suddenly, you know, it was a fall, of, I guess it must have been 2017 or whatever, whenever that happened, uh, probably 2016, the fall, um, 
one day I suddenly see alert on the trades deadline or whatever that some people had come out and were publicly, you know, saying Harvey Weinstein, I think Rose McGowan, others said Harvey Weinstein raped me and all these things. I was like, okay, we've all known that. Oh, wow. So why is this now suddenly in the trades? Because the trades mm -hmm. purpose is to protect people in the industry is not to the expose of what we all know is true, right? Mm -hmm. so I was like I suddenly started saying to my coworkers, I think I think something's happening here, right? And the story started snowballing, and suddenly the Me Too movement came out of that. People started saying Harvey did this to Me Too. That's how it began, mm -hmm. right? Right. And so I we're like, what's going to happen to our show because we're associated with him? Yeah. The end result was the show Showtime never put the show in production, yeah. right? And they pulled it. And so th this wonderful show with Oliver Stone never got made, right? But while I was there, so I started calling friends of mine who worked at the Weinstein Company. I was like, can you tell me what's happening? What's what's going on here? And this is what they told me. And this is what they told me. I cannot confirm it because I wasn't in the room when these things happened, but this is what they told me. They said, look, this situation was a political move that got out of control. Harvey and his brother Bob hated each other. You know, lots of bad blood between them over the years. And Bob wanted to take control of Weinstein Company and push his, his other brother out, right? And so basically they said people in Bob's camp decided to do a PR blitz to, to label Harvey with what we already knew, mm -hmm. the general public, in order to embarrass him and force him out of the company. That was the goal, right? The goals wow. became out of control. It started snowballing. It started getting bigger and bigger. Suddenly other people that they had no intention of unmasking started getting unmasked as everyone mm -hmm. started talking. Then the industry started panicking because the entire industry is like this. Mm -hmm. All of these people have Me Too in their closets, especially the ones that talk the most about women's rights. They're the worst of it, right? As we saw you know, with, with a certain famous director who was a very big male feminist and then was revealed to have been sleeping with all of his actresses over the years. So it's... I watched that happen. I mean, literally, when that happened, I called an assistant who was working on the show. I said, I, get your resume out. We're done. And we were done, right? Mm -hmm. Harvey had nothing to do with our show except for having his name in it, and mm -hmm. we were done. But that's the darker reality of it. That the, I said, the industry is now going to let this play out for a bit. They're going to have a few sacrificial lambs, people that have fallen out of favor, that are not making them money. When Harvey was making them a lot of money, the industry covered it, like Mr. Kreisberg. The whole industry covered it. Right. Everyone went out of the way, particularly human resources job was to make sure no one ever. If you come and complain about these people, they would then get private investigators on you and make sure say you really don't want to be accusing, you know, this person of that. Because we found this out about you. Right. Maybe it's time to resign. Right. And then you would go. Right. Because right. You. That's how the system worked. Mm. And so this thing got out of control. They I said, this is what's going to happen. 2016 is going to be the year of me, too. 2017 is going to be the year of the Me Too backlash where the industry now is going to discredit the very people it's promoting, right? People like Amber Heard and whatever who are out there saying these things. And then 20, 2018 is going to be the industry is going to go right back to the way it was, which is everyone's going to go back to the casting couch and abuse of people and horrific things. And it's not just women. I mean, uh, I know I know male actors that have been propositioned uh, by casting directors mm -hmm. um, male and female casting directors. I know some who've given into those propositions and, the, you know, and forced into sexual situations they would not normally be in, it's still continuing. And the horrific thing is the people that are the most loud and woke right now are the ones doing it. And that's always been the case. Yeah. And we won't even get into the uh, the minors situation. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that that's how do you stop that from happening? Like how like if you can't out them and then how does it ever end? 
That's, um, well, that's they're to change some of this stuff, especially with the miners, is beginning to come out. That 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 ice wall is breaking. Um, you know, uh, there's if you follow Open Secret, which is uh, Open Secret uh, has a Twitter feed. Uh, they were this was a documentary done by a very successful, respected documentary filmmaker in Hollywood who had won awards for other documentaries she did, and then she made uh, this documentary, Open Secret, which is about the abuse of children in the mm. industry. And people name names in there. Power, they just the kids who are now adults. This person did this to me. The way the industry handled that was they didn't. They did this. Just ignored it. It couldn't get distribution anywhere. They pretended mm -hmm. it wasn't out there. That's how the media does it. It's like if we don't let anyone know this exists, they won't look at it. If mm -hmm. we argue about it, mm -hmm. it will sue for defamation. If they do anything else, it will bring attention to it. And so, literally, most people don't know that that. You can go watch that on YouTube. There's a documentary that will name names, people saying, this person did this to me. And no one knows about it because the industry's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I wonder if they also are behind the whole like extreme conspiracy theories of people, like celebrities eating babies into that like ridiculous. Well, you know, I'm wondering, no, seriously, if the people trying to cover this up do that to discredit actual real information. Well, that's, that's, yeah, old, I mean, I don't know, you know, right? That's all CIA stuff. That's all CIA stuff is that, you know, the CIA developed the terms conspiracy theory when people started asking questions about the JFK assassination. Mm -hmm. And they said, mm -hmm. there's a memo that's a declassified memo that came out in 1963 where they said, or 64, where they said, we have to start using this term in the media to start making people sound crazy because they're asking too many questions about Kennedy. That's a declassified memo. So we, this term was invented by the CIA. Mm -hmm. The idea is make people look crazy so that you don't look where you need where well you, there are some crazy really there crazy. are and there are crazy and there is there i mean i don't think on this broadcast i'll reveal everything but i i certainly know <laughs> that some of the crazier stories about the occult and other things that sound like wacky things that no one could be true i know they are true because those people have crossed my path and i'm like okay so that's this is actually real and i if I talk too much about it, my car is going to have an accident, right? And so <laughs> that's that, so we'll just leave it at that. So, but yeah, I, I've <laughs> actually seen a lot of stuff on YouTube about the occult. I was going to ask you about that part. But it's real. It's real. The I know that's. I know it. Yeah, I believe it's real. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's old school. So you go back to watch old Disney, Pinocchio, and stuff like that. There's occult symbolism, and in, in it's there. I mean, it's become more and more egregious in, in years that have passed. Jeez. So, Jason, did you have, did you have a question, Jason? Please. Are you still there? Did we lose him again? <laughs> Poor Jason. Poor Jason. His internet's failing him miserably. Wow. So that that, that conversation took an interesting turn. But, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, getting back to where we are, I mean, so yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's an interesting place that we're in. I do, this is my belief. I believe 2021 is the year of the great unveiling. I think that um, a lot of truths are going to come out this year. That uh, it's just, I think the, the the dam is about to burst, and a lot of people that have been creating a public image in Hollywood will simply be outed. I just think, I just think, you know, I will. I've heard this, and I will not reveal the name of the directors, so you won't get your your channel pulled or whatever. But a very very famous director uh, has been involved in this abuse of children for quite some time, and oh. the entire industry has protected this person, actors, and the and. I know that there's a documentary coming out right now to expose that director and it would be it will be earth shattering if ever gotten made because it's somebody who you all know very well and has a very positive image. Uh, but I've been hearing for years about this gentleman's private life. And so, so I've heard recently there's actually a documentary people they're interviewing and some actors 
are now willing to say, yeah, he molested me when I was eight on this show. And, wow. Uh, oh my God. So I don't know if that's ever going to get me released. I do believe it will be. I think 2021 is going to be the year of, of shocking revelations of our of this industry in particular. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, I guess it could use a good shakeup, right? It needs it. I mean, I, I, and that's what I'm waiting for. I'm like 20 years. Well, my- yeah, I think if that's if that's a real thing, then that needs to be brought to yeah, light. This, this criminal stuff is is real. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to like Illuminati having blood sacrifices, even though not all of that is totally crazy. But <laughs> right, criminal right. stuff that sounds believable is more than real. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my ex asked me if uh, you know people say we should put uh, our daughter in commercials, and I said, don't you dare. No, no. Don't keep, I don't want her anywhere near there. Okay. If you want to do local car commercials, that's fine. Cable ads, but do not bring her anywhere near. No, the, the worst. The worst are the the stage parents that I've mm-hmm. seen. Whenever I've met, because I've worked on shows, there's kids on the shows. The parents are there. Whenever I met the parents, stage parents, they're always creepy weirdos, mm. like people that are seeking fame through their child. Mm-hmm. Right, and they're the ones who'll be like, "Yeah, you can spend some time with that director in oh. the room." And they put in that position because they want, they want. I mean, I'm like, whenever I meet people, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be around you. There's some really ugly yeah. of like the parents are screwed up. The poor kids you can tell are just victims. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be around this parent. Well, look how many horror stories of child <laughs> actors like Drew Barrymore, oh, yeah. Mackenzie Phillips, Corey and and on, right? Yeah. Corey Heim, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. it's, like I said, there's a lot more. But okay, let's get to some happy, positive things about how Hollywood sucks, but not on this level. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, Sorry. What do you want to you want to go into? I know your time is limited. Uh, yeah. We're up about you said you have about ninety minutes, and we're close. Sure. We're getting close on that, so, yeah. Yeah. So whatever, whatever you want to say to go out, and before you leave too, we want to promote your website and what you're doing. Do you have Do you have something that you're working on now, or that you yeah, I got, I got a couple of projects. I'm about to go out with a pitch. Uh, you know, hopefully to Netflix, these others, uh, sort of an epic series set. Uh, you know, a few hundred years ago. I do a lot of historical epics. You know, I've worked on all these science. Nice. Yeah, you wrote the two books that were historical. Episodes. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to show them in a second when I sort of like, what do you want to uh, buy for me? Buy this, but yeah, <laughs> I've got, I've, I've developed a couple of projects. One, one is, uh, is set in the Ottoman Empire, so uh, that'll be very exciting. Oh, wow. Seven, you know, seventeenth century Ottoman Empire, sort of the, you know, epic stories of the lives in the palace and the harem of the sultan and all that. That'll be interesting. Uh, another, another one that I'm developing is set during the Mughal Empire. The guys who built the Taj Mahal. And it's really looking at the women behind the mogul princes who built the Taj, right? And so, so both of those series, uh, one of them has a director attached. Uh, and we're just trying to figure out some legalities around it uh, before we can take it out. And the other one, we're just finishing the pitch. So hopefully those will go out this year. And, uh, you know, I'm at the stage where I've made enough adversaries. I don't know if I'm ever going to staff again, like just be another writer on somebody else's show, uh, especially after one year of being this open on YouTube, right? Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got no choice. It's a great round show. Now I got no choice because I'm either in this game or I'm not in this game. And so I got to stay in the game. So that that's what I'm doing. And, you know, so mentioning, I, so I'm, like I said, I'm a published novelist as well. If anyone wants to look into my background, you know, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, you know, I'm very open about my religious beliefs, my political beliefs. I like to post pictures of, of beautiful women. So if you, some people are offended by that. Like, that's a picture of a beautiful woman. I feel that's inappropriate. I'm like, okay. Literally, I got a text. Like, I feel that's, okay, then don't follow me, whatever. So if you got an issue with that, I, I, li- I like the lovely lady. So follow that. But also, uh, you can go to my website, which is my name, CameronPasha.com. Right there, perfect timing, right? And oh, yeah. there's links on there to my novels. One you can see right there. Uh, Shadow of the Swords. That's one of my two novels. I've published a couple of novels so far through Simon & Schuster. That's one of them. So this is right here, Shadow of the Swords. That's an epic on the Crusades. Uh, you know, during the Third Crusade with Richard the Lionheart versus the Muslim King Saladin. And then I have this... Uh, 
other novel, that first novel, Mother the Believers, which oh. is another historical epic about uh, the birth of Islam from the point of view of Muhammad's wife, Aisha, right, who is a very controversial figure. And I tell the story from her, her point of view. And both of those books have done very well. And amazingly, people have actually bought my books after watching these YouTube channels. And people are like, hey, the books actually Fantastic. Yeah. So That's while you guys get all the monetization, I get some people buy my books. Oh, not us. We're we're quite a way. We're we still have too small, but <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll get there. You guys, really interesting discussion here. So you're gonna get there with, with ease. But you know, it's funny. I I back to the very beginning of our conversation when I shut off the cable and the mm -hmm. and I started watching nothing but YouTube, mm -hmm. and you get <laughs> you you get the unhomogenized truth. You know, you start to really see things for what they are. I mean, just unfiltered, uncorporated, corporate controlled media. And uh, and part of that was finding, you know, I would always watch Doomcock and Nerdrotic, but I started finding all these other spinoff channels from it. Um, and then, and, and, yeah, and, and they keep trying like, to shut these things down. But this is not, I mean, the internet resists any kind of censorship. Right? Oh, God, yeah. You can mm -hmm. off and they, it will, it's whack-a-mole. They'll just come back up here, right? You know, it's imp that's what the, the system, which has controlled information for 100 years, uh, is unable to grasp, is that you can't actually censor anything. And whatever you try to censor becomes bigger and more widespread. And my belief is whenever, they, whenever the industry says, uh, you know, or the news media tells me something isn't true, I'm like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, the official fact check i'm like okay obviously you're lying so i'm going to go look more into whatever you're telling me is not true and inevitably i do my own research and find out yeah that's actually true and they're lying to me exactly and you know the alt tech movements uh already taking off you have minds and odyssey is a site a lot of the youtubers are starting to move over to and uh you know it's it's like go ahead and try like you said Go ahead and try. We'll just go somewhere else. Yeah, and, and this this is the next stage of the human condition, which is a good evolution for us, which is waking people up. It's a process. You know, I think people get upset that uh, a lot of people are still sort of asleep as to how the world really works. But it's 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 a process. You know, I think over the next four to five years, uh, a huge portion of humanity is going to wake up to the realities of things. And that's going to force a restructuring of how we live with each other. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, I hope you're right. What's the uh, Chinese fortune cookie say? May you live in interesting times. Well, they, they certainly granted us that. <laughs> <laughs> they, gave us, they, they asked that of us and they gave it to us. <laughs> I worked yeah. in China. I, I worked in Beijing uh, and I love, love the Chinese people. I despise the CCP. I've seen it directly. I worked to develop a spy show there after Kida. And oh, wow. every one of our scripts had to be screened by communist mm. right before they could go anywhere. And I... I despise the CCP and it horrifies me to watch America and Europe turning into the society that I saw in China where these people were trapped. I mean, and as, I mean, literally, you know, Taiwan is what could have been for China. The wrong guys won the civil war and now the whole world is living like that. So it, it, it makes me very sad. Yeah. It's, yeah, but Disney will go shoot a movie right next to it, and uh, that's sure. okay. Right? They'll 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 use concentration camp workers. You know that's what they'll do. So, yeah, yeah. See, that's another thing I'm going to say to people. At Disney, like, this guy was just shut up. We're gonna, we're about to hire him for that show. Here we go. Whatever. <laughs> I know you guys don't want to hire me. You are whatever. I don't care. I don't care. How can you do that, man? <laughs> Is there anything else? I know you have to go, Cameron. I don't want to hold yeah, you. I, up. I, just, I just want to thank you all. Uh, is there any final thing I can? Any final thing I can comment for anybody here? Any, any question? Because I don't know when I'll be back on in this channel again, but I'd love to be. Uh, is there any anything that's you know that that I said or that you're like I, I just want you to clarify that or I'd love to know more about that. How, how did uh, Miriam come come about? 
all my short films. So if anyone goes, I have a, I have a YouTube page, which is my name, Cameron Pasha 72. Uh, so if you go to YouTube, you'll find that. And it doesn't have a lot on there. It's got a couple of my short films that I did. I just use it for put up my creative work. And so Miriam is a short film I did. It's a 20 minute short film that actually won a few awards. It's the first movie I had ever directed. Uh, and it's sort of Rosemary's Baby set amongst the Hasidic Jews, right? And so oh, interesting. It's very interesting. So it's in a yeah, culture, yeah. the Hasidic community. I in a Hasidic community in Brooklyn and sort of oh, right, right. became fascinated by yeah, it. Yeah, it was amazing how you wrote so much in, uh, into a full story into 20 minutes when some people go on and on for like <laughs> uh, two hours and still don't tell a story. Well, I'm yeah, glad. Yeah, short films are an art. That's my first directing gig. I think, you know, there's always things I would have done differently with the resources that I have, but I think it ended up being a pretty good little film. Yep, yep, cool. it was. Check it out. It is, it is. It, 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 and so if you guys check it out, it's fun. It's a sort of supernatural thriller in Sweet. an Orthodox Jewish community, which I don't think we've ever seen before. Uh, but yeah, so that's, I mean, I'm just trying to do my stuff, you know, my own things. And uh, I think everyone on this channel is someone that who, who like Apple thinks differently than what Apple used to be, right? Right, and, right. And I just just keep on that path because we're going to be the people that save save this planet. It ain't going to be these these kids with their who can't figure out what their gender is, right? It's going to be the rest of us who are trying to make sense of this world and fix it well generation yeah. x was the most entrepreneurial generation yeah so far. that's that's the joke of it generation x is basically the breakfast club we're all a bunch of <laughs> losers who didn't want to be the saviors of mankind and we're going to be the saviors of mankind and, and that's sort of what cobra kai is about right mm -hmm. exactly. right jason do you have anything before cameron goes are you fixed no, that was really illuminating that was okay. really illuminating and i really appreciate uh you telling us your stories very entertaining well, I hope next time I come, I'll get to see you more, Jason, and I will try to talk less. And I'll let you know. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, you kept it interesting. Oh, no, 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 no. It's fine. No, you kept it very, very, very interesting. No, mm -hmm. no problem. So, well, invite me back, guys. I hope your, your channel continues to expand. I hope this interview gets you some attention. I and, hope so. Uh, and just and again, never be like you said. You just you sent me a DM. Don't be afraid to ask people. That's how you expand. You're entrepreneurs. You know, we're all the great thing about. Twitter and YouTube, all we're all just equal on this, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you know, if you found a way, you could get to Matt. You have Matthew McConaughey at the beginning. You know, you can get him on this show. You just just have to ask, and there's ways to do it. And so, so keep expanding. I think you've got a great channel here with great people. So just let more people know about it. We really appreciate it, Cameron. Yeah. It's very kind, and yeah. uh, thank you. Yes. And, you thank know, you. Thank you. our self esteem very early. I in this know it's good stuff. Uh, you're my only <laughs> friends left. The industry don't care about me, so these got my YouTube friends. <laughs> That's right, and I feel like. This is, uh, I've got to say, the people we have interacted with in, in the three or four months we've been doing this have been just mm -hmm. and, and we're excited to be part of the whole thing. It's all good. All right, guys, I have to head out. So God bless to all of you. And yes. uh, and Damn. hopefully I'll be back on again in the near future. Thank and you for your time. You Good luck with everything. We have card right. to Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. So that wow. awesome. Wow. I'm flabbergasted. Got a lot and, of there. For people watching, we're not done. We still got to go through the maniac headlines, which we, you know, we have about half of the ones we normally do because I knew Cameron was going to eat up the first half of the show. <laughs> I don't know. There's quite a few. I don't know. Yeah. There are a couple uh, about. That's about half of what we normally have because I can actually see the names on the tabs. Usually I can't. <laughs> it's just a sliver. <laughs> yeah. Slivers. Little slivers and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so actually, I can close out the uh, the ace. So yeah. Um, that lots was... to think, lots to digest, and this would definitely have some replay uh, life because uh, yeah. I'm going to have to watch it again just to, you know, just to like digest it all. There's so much, yeah. I've been watching Cameron uh, stream after stream after stream, and and um, when he agreed to do this, I was shocked, 
But then I saw him do a stream one night with like five people on it, <laughs> you know, and it was like, wow, he'll, he's just a good guy who likes to just shoot the shit with common minded people. He's got something to say. And he's yeah. got something to say. Mm. So let's see, Jason, can you turn your camera on? Do we have, can we actually see yeah. you, brother? Let's try it again. <laughs> it's so confident. I don't know what's going on. I don't know oh. what's going on. I you know what it might be? How old is your cable yeah. modem? Because I started having problems like that, and it's, it was they pushed an update through the, and they said, "Oh, your modem can't handle this now. You have to go get a Doxis three point two or something, whatever it was." Yeah, it might. Yeah, be, I had the same problem a, too a few weeks back. Oh, that, that's you right. Problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I was having a problem with that. Where basically it was, it was just cutting out every every five minutes, and so I just said, "How oh, old it?" And uh, got a new cable modem and. Was whenever I'm here, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to patch directly into the modem when I know, um, you were speaking. That's why I was making all that noise. I apologize. That's <laughs> okay. I, I <laughs> muted you, and that's why I sent you the message. I'm like, I'm hearing all kinds of noise. Yeah, I was trying to find a USB cable to patch right directly into it. I, I just can't find one for the life of me. So. You're actually moving in real time, and that's a good sign. So. Yeah, that, that looks much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, hail Cameron Pasha. That was awesome. Thank yes. you. Yes, that was great. That, that was, was great. What's the word you used? Illuminating. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was that was nuts. So let's get right on the nuts. So <laughs> uh no, I forgot that we do that. You know, we Stacy's idea was to do the find the real weirdo story of the week. And I saw this one and I forgot that. I think we designated, did we designate this one, Stacy, as the yeah. weirdo? No. Mm -mm. You did. Because I found another one that just as it, weird. It was the one about the guy um, shoveling the driveway. Driveway. I like, saw that yesterday. I'm like, I, by the I way. I don't know I, if that's really that weird. This one's way weirder. Yeah, that oh. one's just not nice. And I that tweeted a reply to the, the journalist. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, there's nothing like uh, I said, there's nothing more unifying than, you know, neighbors helping neighbors than getting a hit piece written in the L.A. Times. So um, <laughs> I have a little bit of a different perspective, but it's OK. Um, yeah. I, even if she's trying to be funny, it's no, I mean, I, 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 I think I got something from it. But so this one, um, this one made me laugh because I was like, well, at least Americans aren't the craziest people. <laughs> Because in the UK, they heard a four-year-old talking about a Fortnite game and well, called her uh, anti-terrorist. Oh, God's sakes. Well, they they heard him talking about his dad having guns and bombs in his shed. First. Right. It came out that right. he had been at his father's house the night before and was playing Fortnite, but he was overheard talking about his father having bombs and guns in a shed. Right. So, but but what's funny is they they send the four year old to the <laughs> and not the dad like right um, why would well, you yeah no it's a weird system. four year old is setting up some kind of terrorist attack like it's a four year old well it's about like indoctrination and having people yeah they not are be indoctrinated into right. like that's yeah, I, mean, I saw that but um I mean if you look at what the things that have happened in France and stuff with you know the but, teachers but here's the, the basic thing with children and you have children I have a daughter and they don't remember shit. Until they're over five years old. No, you're right. You're not indoctrinating anybody. The kid's gonna forget this stuff in a year or two. It's so. And and uh, I saw this, and it made me think of of what Cameron said that they just right. was immediately where they go. 
It's funny because I didn't even picture him as being, you know, anything other than, I don't know. I didn't even consider what his like race would be. Like I just. No, no, exactly. And that's. When I first read that, I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> okay. They had a different tinge. Well, right. And actually the first time I was watching him with Tom Connors, he didn't mention that till about a half an hour in. And I was just riveted with everything else he was talking about. And then he said, you know, I'm a victim of this stuff and I'm supposed to be right in there demographic <laughs> you know? mm, like, oh, that's interesting. interesting perspective yeah. yeah it really is so anyway i just thought that was kind of goofy that this four-year-old got turned into yeah it is kind of a like you read the whole story and you're just like wow but yeah. the world is crazy man the world is the crazy world. um before we get to the other one we do have to do what we normally do and report sadness oh, oh yeah i remember seeing this um yeah. i mean 91's a good run I mean, it was going to happen at some point. Um, but Christopher Plummer, um, yeah. Shakespearean trained actor, one of the best of all time, uh, died here, right here, and connect the dots. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, everyone remembers, remembers him mostly from Sound of Music, but not me. I remember him as general chang from star trek six i'm oh, just gonna say that yep general yeah. chang. <laughs> if i'm not mistaken he actually would be appalled that everybody remembered him from the sound of music because he hated <laughs> being in that movie. oh did he really oh, oh yeah he calls him the sound of mucus that. was he the dad was he brad pitt's yeah. dad in 12 monkeys yeah i just watched uh, that yeah i, yeah, I knew he was like the nearby the scientist guy because yeah. if i knew he lived nearby I, I, I'm, I'm probably one of the few people on the planet who also hates that movie. I hate that movie. Which one? Sound, Sound of Mucus. Mucus. I've never seen it. Uh, I don't, I don't know much about it. I've never seen it either. Musicals, but I hate really? when people. See, I feel like everyone's seen it, but me. That's funny. I've never seen it. Yeah, me neither. The movies where people spontaneously break into song just drive me nuts. Oh, I like them. I don't know. In the middle of Nazi Germany, maybe not. I don't know. I remember Dutton. And it was great that, that his role yeah, as, uh, as, uh, as General Kang actually had him do a lot of Shakespearean lines. Yeah. yeah. In his, you know. <laughs> I'd pay real money if he'd shut up. Like <laughs> <laughs> quoting Shakespeare the whole time. They actually had to rewrite the entire Klingon language for to be or not to be. <laughs> Oh really? Right. Yeah, they did yeah. because originally the language was was written without the conjugation of the verb to be. <laughs> oh. So they had so they had to rewrite the entire Klingon language to fit that phrase into it. So Mark Okrand, who did the Klingon dictionary, had to go back and do a revision because yes. of this movie. Yes. Really? <laughs> I was not aware of that, and I think I've known most Star Trek trivia. I've never heard oh, that. Oh, learned something yeah, new. Yeah, it was impossible to say "tach ba tach bay. Before, uh, yeah, right. Before, uh, the dinner. Yes, right. To oh be, not to be captain. That is our question. Mm. Hitler, Earth, nineteen thirty-eight. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he's been in just about everything. The last thing I saw him in recently was uh, *Knives Out*. Mm -hmm. oh, yes, right. yeah, of course. the Rian Johnson movie that actually isn't bad. I kind of, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, just go on and on and on and on. I mean, time bandits and all, all, all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's throw a dart, mm. throw a dart at your movie collection. You're going to hit five Christopher Plummer movies. Yeah, in. I actually worked <laughs> on when I was in when I was just out of film school. I worked on a, a a promotion for a stage show where he was the narrator. Oh, yeah, it was a, a Christmas show called Musletoe. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that was here in Connecticut, Pete? It was in New York. Oh, okay. Well, you know, he but, lives down Yeah, but Reddit. Christopher Plummer was, yeah. the, uh, was the narrator. Cool. Wow, that's awesome. So, yeah, that just sucks. I mean, every week we got one of these now, and uh, yeah. it's just a bummer. But, hey, I mean, he's an all-time great. I mean, he's second to none. I mean, how many of the Star Trek movies did he actually do? He did Star Trek V as well. Christopher Plummer was, was in Star Trek V? Was it? Yeah, he was, wasn't he? No, no he wasn't. wasn't. That, no, he that, wasn't. That, right. that was uh, David Warner. David yeah, Warner. David Warner David was in five. Right, right, yeah, right. In six. Yep. No, he was my, just in six. My brain is melting. It's been a long day, and my dinner was a. Uh, oh wow! I didn't hear about dinner. Was a protein bar. That was dinner. So I'm kind of zooming out. Anyway, Mar- Marty Schottenheimer is oh. probably the greatest NFL coach that never won a Super Bowl. Actually, I don't think he even won a playoff game. Um, if memory serves, no, he won a few with the, with the Browns in the eighties. Um, he's had over two hundred wins. Uh, just was phenomenal. He coached the Browns in the eighties, coached the Chiefs in the nineties, coached the Chargers up until about a decade ago. Um, he was just phenomenal, and, and beyond being a really amazing football coach, he was just an awesome dude. Like, just everyone loved Marty Schottenheimer. Um, and the, yeah. he's, you know, they have those coaching trees in football. The coaching tree from Marty Schottenheimer is quite impressive, including Bill Cowher uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, um, the one thing Marty was always remembered for is that he'd have teams that were like 14 and two or, you know, 12 and four favors to go to the Super Bowl, get in the playoffs, and tank in the first game, like yep. year after year after year. He got very conservative, you know, he was afraid to let let his freak flag fly, you know, like Bruce Arians. What's that? You got to risk it with the biscuit. And, uh, yep. Yep. He just, he shut his offenses down and he played conservative and he got beat year after year. And it's just a shame because that's going to tarnish his reputation. It's probably why he's not in the hall of fame, but he died just today. Oh, wow. Afternoon. That's okay. That's why. Yeah. I saw it this afternoon and I said, Oh, I'm gonna have to add that to the stream. But as a football fan, that was, uh, that's kind of heartbreaking to me because I always liked Marty, even though he coached the enemy year after year. <laughs> <laughs> the, the year I remember the worst, it was like 2007. The Chargers were 14 and two when the favorites go to the Super Bowl. And he, he got made it to the championship game and he lost to the Patriots at the very end of the game and got fired. Oh. 14 and two, you get to the championship game and get fired. And yeah. he never worked in the NFL again after that. Oh, wow. Yeah, just insane. And, well, you look at the Chargers. They don't know what they're doing. So <laughs> so this one, I saw this on Yellow Flash's channel yesterday, and I was laughing my ass bag. off. Bag? You're, you're, you're laughing your bag off? <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, I laugh my bag off. Oh, hi, so apparently this woman who writes for the uh, LA Times has this little winter getaway bungalow and um, she put her Biden signs out in the front yard and her neighbor had his Trump signs out in the front yard and uh, they came over and cleared her driveway for her, right? <laughs> After this big snowstorm? Yeah. Like, like, like it, it really looks like the guy backtracked the driveway like a pro. But she didn't want to thank him because wow, that's wow. 
She did not want to thank him, I don't think. I think she wanted oh, to thank him, but she didn't want to overly thank him. Be like, we're like cool now with everything. What the hell, Matt? What? what? Because he voted for the other guy? Like, what's that? It has that? nothing to do with the common decency. That's the guy goes over. I think and she's just saying she doesn't want to be best friends with him. You know what that's I mean? That's fine. Like, that's cool. Like she appreciated it, but she's like, "Where's the line?" I think. That's, oh, I think so, that's what so this is how desperate the LA Times. Common courtesy is, is the line. <laughs> they have right yeah. common courtesy. They have to go write a, like a, a borderline hit piece and publish it. That's... Like basically, yeah, yeah. The guy's a really nice guy, but he voted for Trump. I. <sighs> like that's just. I, this whole thing about judging people by just what one action is just is it crazy? It's so crazy. What, I'm like, not some about, actions I'm are not indicative about of just, some actions are indicative of who you are as a person and your right. and your and, and who what your ethics are and what your ideals are and what your ideologies are and all of that. Right. Some things. Some oh yeah, you're right. Aspects but, of people are show but, something else about them. Yeah, you can't just assume are, that though. Yeah, you can't assume, assume that. Some well, people. Like, if I see someone put their cart. On the grass, instead of rolling it over to the cart hut, oh, yeah, easy. I judge that person. That per says something about that person. I'm mm. sorry. I well, know, I don't but care. going into a voting booth, though. But but going into a voting booth, and a lot of people are just partisan voters. They vote for their party, no matter who the frig it is. We don't know how she knows he's a Trump. I didn't even, like just because the sign. Trump. They had. Oh, front I thought they put a sign out. I didn't see it. I didn't read the. I messed that. They had dueling front yard signs. She put it in her <laughs> Twitter that they had dueling front oh, yard. Oh, put it in her Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but clearly, a guy who would do something like this is not some kind of a, a scumbag who, what? I mean, <laughs> the guy across the street uh, is the same way. And he comes over, like, when he sees me at the bottom of the driveway struggling, he takes his plow and clears it for me. Right. I mean, I think a decent person would do that. I have name wars, name but if I was a journalist, I wouldn't go and write a hit piece that, voted for the other guy. People are so petty. They really are. That's what I. That's exactly what I saw it as, Jason. It was just like stupid petty. Like, what do his politics have to do with him doing something nice for you? And yeah. oh, by the way, I think she was just flexing to show her vacation bungalow. Probably. Racism on full display. This is like I think I I, I mean I, I think the point for me is that it seems like a conversation you have at a dinner party with your friends and you discuss. Well, what do you think about this? And why? How would you feel about that? And like whatever. Not necessarily. Put it in it the, rise the level of being an article mm. in a, a major publicated newspaper. You know, <laughs> I, I, I agree that it, I see. Yeah. It's it's ludicrous, and like I said, I saw it more as she's flexing because the picture of her giant right. in home in Colorado or wherever it is. Like, <laughs> okay, so she feels like she's punching down because she's better than him because she voted for the right guy. Mm. Uh, Stacy, you brought this one to the table. Which one? Oh wait! I have to share the screen. Hold on. I gotta uh -oh. find the button. Wait, we push the button and get the story up. This one. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know, I, I have we. Well, we talked about the other side and like how we were just okay. talking about how she was trying to collect more and more dirt on him, and this must be why. Yeah, yeah Kim mm. brought her up, which was interesting. Um, yeah. So he's. I didn't have a chance to really read this. I've been yeah. So um, they they're going to be list. They're going to listen to um, more uh, further evidence to try to um, kind of reverse what they said originally. The court in England about um, against the um, the newspaper because like, he was suing them for like defamation or whatever. 
Right, and they, 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 they ruled it as substantially true. And so his legal team had vowed to argue against those results. And now that they have decided to allow them to try to come up with further evidence to, to you know, back up what they were saying to begin with, to kind of right. prove what was going on. So, and, and Blair O'Ken with the Star Trek font wants me to buy their jacket in the worst way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good for Johnny Depp because I never I, – I, going back to that when we covered that story a while back, like, mm-hmm. you know, he starts losing work right. all over the place because he lost a defamation suit against a paper that was running a smear campaign mm-hmm. on Mm-hmm. I was like, how does that cost him work? Because yeah, it's it's all yeah, you know. I, I mean, I think they're both kind of got whatever issues, but I don't yeah, one were, side shouldn't be losing more than the other. other. It doesn't seem that doesn't seem fair to me. Either they both should be working or neither of them should be working at right, this point. Right. I mean, he's also suing her um for defamation in Virginia for a 2018 op-ed in the Washington Post in which she is countersuing against him a hundred mil- for a hundred million dollars. So uh, it's, shit, it's yeah. the, 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 you know, and people say to me, other continues. Why haven't you been in a relationship in so many years? <laughs> I've never been in any kind of relationship. I think like, crazy attracts crazy though. I mean, I think that's part of the problem here. You know? Yeah. You're, you're probably very right. I mean, I love Johnny Depp. I was, he was on my wall when I was in high school and he was in 21 Jump Street for sure. You know, that definitely explains my issues too. You have uh, pictures of Johnny Depp on your wall in high school? <laughs> oh, no, no. Like oh, about oh, sorry. Crazy I mean, I wouldn't judge you. That's I get it. <laughs> yeah. They find me. Uh, um, oh, yeah. Crazy. I mean, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Let's just say Johnny Depp's not a normal dude. Okay. We He's know. not a normal dude. He's gone somewhere else, but yeah, interesting but, fella. But at the right, but at the same time, I didn't see anything that like this cancel culture went out and just killed him for. Yeah, I think that's it was unfair. What like for losing a lawsuit against a tabloid rag? I they right. They're out for blood, man, and then mm-hmm. the, the slightest drop in the water, they go they go nuts for it. Yeah, and simultaneously rewarding Amber Heard. Right. I mean, she's gotten some backlash, but not like him. Taking a dump in his bed. That's so weird. Is that true? Did he take a picture of it? It should have. I, I guess it, that came up in court, I guess. Like, they presented that as, like, evidence that she That's crazy. took a crap in his bed. <laughs> Which is why now she's Amber Turd. I know. It makes sense. So, have you seen this? Edson, I'm sure oh, you've no. seen this. Oh, yeah. I read it. Did you read the whole story? Uh, yeah, I've read the whole story, and this they've been trying to smear Stanley since he died. Yep. Um, and I, Ch- Jackie and I are doing the, the Charlton comics documentary and Jude's working on it too. And, um, you know, we know people who've known him forever and they were furious when this stuff started to come out in like 2018, 2017, that he's a womanizer and all this kind of stuff. They're like, Oh, I didn't he, see that. Like, the- oh yeah, that's basically this book is like a smear job. This is a hit. Oh. Um, trying to expose the true Stanley that nobody ever knew, and uh, he's dead and can't defend himself. Um, it, it's it's aggravating. Um, it sounds like a sick money grab. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's exactly this guy who wrote it used to write for the uh, the the blog site, the Vulture. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
Um, and and they've been writing they've been writing hit pieces on fans. They've been writing hit pieces on people, you know, nonstop. And you know, Stanley falls into that demographic right now of uh, problematic, the white patriarchy. Uh, and and he created all these characters that are now being retconned and changed because they're problematic. Um, you know, I'm sorry. He built an empire. He built he he built Marvel. All the all the money these people are making altering Marvel characters and putting them on TV screens and changing the comic books wouldn't be able to do that without this guy's contribution. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think I I found that I found the article interesting. I mean, I, I I personally, you know, I think of I have positive thoughts about Stan Lee and you know his contribution. And when I think of Marvel, I think of Stan Lee. I mean, it's, they kind of go hand in hand as far as my layman understanding of comics and comic book movies. I mean, I think I thought one of the things I thought was interesting though, what they're going to, what they talk about in the biography was the guy, Jack Kirby, that kind of was like yeah. with him. And we've talked about this before where people have done all this like creative work and not got any credit. And like, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. Not, and it wasn't really a like necessarily like a huge dig at Stan Lee more, more just like, it kind of seems like well, that's, part of the process in a lot of these you know, the, situations that that's, and that's not any, that's not a newsflash that's been around forever that Steve Ditko and Jack Kirby feel that they deserve co-creator credit on a lot of these characters because the way Stan used to work is that Stan would draft up an outline of a story, right? right. And hand it to the artist and, and give them carte blanche to mm -hmm. right. yep, yep. It creatively and do whatever they want. Yeah. And then he would take it back and put in the dialogue. Right, right, right. So Jack, I mean, Steve yeah. felt that they deserved co-creator credit, but well, and he like, ended up getting it. Like, oh, he died like the '90s yeah. or whatever. But like, like not that long ago, he was actually given the credit of right. the work that he did. You know, I mean, Steve, I that, that was interesting. And but. Ditko too. Steve Ditko got co-credit for Spider-Man. Okay, um, but that was that. That stuff's common now. That's been around forever. Okay. Um, it's the stuff that where Stan was predatory and these kind of things. I felt that, like more like he got sucked into predatory stuff. That's what kind of what the way I read it was like. Kind of had that. Of, he kind of had like his his like you know his apex at one point, like the big climax of his career, and then things kind of like he was bored and or he just you know what I mean, and and he was well, kind of vulnerable to people, he, you know, taking advantage of him and doing he, kind of you know. He always he, he wanted to use the Marvel comics as a gateway to Hollywood. Mm -hmm. He always wanted to make them his characters into cartoons and for live action and whatnot. He had big dreams, you know. He, he's a dreamer, mm -hmm. um, and, and I don't think. I mean, some people try to take advantage of him, but the other thing is that Dan is one of those guys who just likes to smile and hug people, and and he's a people I, pleaser, he was, right? Mm. And I think he was oblivious to the fact that touching someone without their consent in the modern times is problematic. And oh, he, see, I didn't see that at all. Like I didn't see that aspect, at least not from this description. Apparently the book's going to go into this. this oh, kind of okay. I, I didn't see that. And, and, um, you know, he loved Joni, like nobody's business. Like, right. And that was one of the things that said, like after she like died, it kind of, that's where he most got, he was most vulnerable to people that were taking advantage of him. And, right. Right. And, yeah. uh, one of our friends, Joe Sinnott, who's probably the greatest inker of all time, uh, who passed not long after Stan, about a year later, um, knew him better than anybody mm. and was just kind of beside himself with the stuff that was coming out. Hmm. 
then. So I, I just think well, who who said it's a cash grab? Me. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it is. So I don't know. I'll probably get it and read it and get angry. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember like when he was like the last year of his life. You the stories of like what his like driver or his assistant or whatever like beat him up or something like did something he was a yeah he, elder abuse or he something. was a victim of elder abuse so sad I, I like you know and i just no one and was it's reported to he, he had a very antagonistic relationship with his daughter as well that's what it said yeah that's too bad so no one was advocating for him and what right an eye out for yeah you know, those are the kind of things too. Like Stan Lee's iconic. He's just mm -hmm. one of the people like Walt Disney. Like I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, scumbags are try they want to try to get in there and yeah. know, get something out you of know, them. Just, just right. Let the guy. He he created right modern mythology. He created a whole a, a century's worth of. I mean, he did it all too. Between the years 1961 and 1963 or 64, he created the, basically the whole Marvel universe. It was right. one hit after another. Right. Fantastic Four, then the Hulk, then right. Spider-Man, then I, you know, it was just one after the next. The X-Men and the mm -hmm. he couldn't Great. be stopped. Couldn't be stopped. It was amazing. I mean, I think I think it, you'd be hard pressed to find anyone that even if they read this book would could, you know, feel like that could be taken away from him or, or you know what I mean and. That's that's uh, his legacy. That's who he is, and I. It, you know. it, it just it kind of made us sad, you know, in the in his last years that people were just trying to diminish mm -hmm. him in his yeah. role in the whole thing, you know, yeah, trying to paint him up to be some kind of bad guy with some kind of devious intentions and right. You know, I met him in uh, seventeen, um, and it was clear like he. He wasn't in charge of all of his faculties anymore. Mm. He got tired quickly. Um, I made a joke to him. I told him Joe Sinnott said, I forgot what Joe Sinnott said. And I told him, uh, you know, I was up at Joe's house and he's, and he kind of, <laughs> but he was like tired, mm. you know? So, but I got to meet him, which was great. Anyway, Chris Pratt. Did you see oh, this? this poor guy? This is shenanigans. actually be the wacko story of the week. Yeah, it really should. It's weird. And, it's and weird I learned story. something how easy it is to fake a tweet. There's yeah. creators all over the internet. I went and tried it out. It works. Really? Oh my god. Yeah. The thing is, I mean, anyone with a brain in their head, if you like even if Chris Pratt felt any of these things, which I find it highly unlikely, there is no way he would post <laughs> these things on Twitter. Exactly. Like, you know, come on. Oh. Like give me Whole a thing. break. The whole thing starts because of those pictures we saw where he's on set with Chris Hemsworth. What the and, hell? And the, the, the Twitterati seasons. Ooh. A couple chuckleheads that like just Bob. don't Why? have anything else to do with their lives. Like, honest to God, I swear. So, oh, my God. This is awesome. What the hell? They go and Photoshop. Wow. These were Photoshopped. So <laughs> I won't even read this. Yeah, thank you. Say it. Please don't. Look at the 412 and the 278, right? Yeah. 412, yeah. 278, and another one, right? Oh, right. Okay. So dumb. So, so they just photoshopped like the same. Yeah. Moron. They're complete morons. Wow. Just trying to paint him up as a bad guy. I mean, they were saying it was like part of this little group as like a joke to within their own little group. And it got funny. morons. Like, yeah, how is that funny? Morons. 
Right. You should just have to sh- like show them. They should be like publicly shamed for this stuff. I you agree. Need to bring back, like the stocks, we could chuck like rotten eggs at people that do ridiculous things like this. And here's one of the people behind it. This Alexandria, I love Pluto. Um, normalized blaming Chris Pratt and Jeremy Renner for things they didn't do. She yeah, actually, great. Good job. yes. What's funny about that? Like, why? Why? It's it, this normalize it. And that's the catchphrase. It's it's normalize this stuff. And if you, it's that whole thing that if you keep saying it, so people believe more, it. People, more right. and more people believe yeah, it. Exactly. Right? And, people and, don't want to believe that. So I I, I think you're. Well, I don't, you know, you know, they've been they've been calling for his head since he skipped the fundraiser, and then that they is re- real. But like, this it's is a- real, and it's really they attacked him for this because I know they looked into it. Stupid. You have a Bank of America pen made in China. Right. Yeah. That's, well, I always laugh. I, I would never buy an American flag made in China. That just seems ridiculous. You it, know, what it, I mean? it's hilarious, right? Bank of America made in China. Yeah, I feel like somebody smarter than me can make a joke about this. He's yeah. being funny. Right? Yeah, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong. Uh, how with is that? that? Yeah how 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 is that anything but ironic? Now he's like he must be like I don't know, a homophobe, That's right? Because he, <laughs> is that what they say? They when people say something, they just call them. Nice. They, they took it this way. Many took this tweet to be an offensive joke at the expense of the oh, Of course it is. Oh, for Ridiculous. God's sake. Cultural, cultural appropriation. They'll right. find any way to spin this stuff. They want the blood, man. They, they, they there's The minute they put the target on you, you're yep. done. Yep. That's it. He's not uh, that. He's all right. And meanwhile, we talked about this with Cameron. They, uh, you know, Star Wars. Uh, mm Backs the years of her saying shite, actual shite like this. Um, yeah. So, so ridiculous. It really is. It really is. So it just makes you laugh. Leave alone. Leave him alone. Even our old friend uh, uh, Elliot Page is, is after, you know. This, yeah. You know, it, it's just because of his church. Yeah, good job. That she's still convinced. Hey, but they're just saying because like they don't reaffirm a gay lifestyle or have actively gay people in positions of leadership. Not every aspect of life has to have that. Thank right. you. So I'm just exactly. I mean, it's great yeah. if they do and whatever, and and that's where you go, and that's cool. You're ex- whatever, but they're not outwardly condemning anyone just because they don't have what you want. And like, he has said to her apparently, he said, "My church would welcome you with open arms. I'm sure. Just come, just come there. Nobody's gonna say, you know." point you out or, or ostracize you for mm-hmm. this. Nobody but, has a right not to be offended by someone else's opinion. I mean, you're all different opinions. I mean, just accept it. What's I'm not religious at all. That he is good for him. Like I like him. He's a fun actor and he seems like a really good guy. Yeah, I, that's is. awesome for you. That's what you like. And right. And somebody re- anyone and whatever. And somebody well, very religious should not, should not make tweets about you for, right, for not exactly. being religious. What does that have to do with anything? I well, the one I, I will say in his defense too, he doesn't bring that stuff to work. If whether right. he that way or not, he doesn't publicly go out and mm-hmm. say it. He doesn't bring it to his job. He doesn't say, Oh, we have to have representation for my kind of, you know, right. you know, religious, you know, we're the Christian actors. I got to leave. There's no Christian right. actors here. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, he what happened? Yeah. You know, that's like people were saying, oh, you know, Tom, the, the whole Tom Brady thing this week, like, oh, Tom Brady is Colin Kaepernick. And like the big difference is Colin Kaepernick brought his shit to work and put it on full display. And Tom Brady leaves it at home. 
yeah. that's the big difference between the two of them. Mm -hmm. But they don't want to see that kind of stuff. It's 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 oh, it's Twitter, and I please, Jack Dorsey. I know you're watching. Please monetize yourself. Yeah, that. Oh, it's the best way to make money, dude. Make people pay to tweet. I'm fully behind that. It's entirely. It's an Acme. Yeah, yeah, it's an Acme Dynamite kit. And I want them to use it. God, the world would be a better place without Twitter. Um, this oh, boy. Astonishing. Oh, wow. Wow, that's a quick one. Already. Right. Well, so now you've got this isn't like people on Twitter. This isn't people posting a blog. These aren't YouTubers making their opinion. This is mainstream journalists. <laughs> I'm not done with the air quotes yet. <laughs> journalists. Um, this guy, Darren Franish, uh, incredibly refreshing. Just the headline alone. But this, did you guys read the paragraph? Mm. Oh, where is it? Where is it? It's way in here. I should just do a word search. I can find it quicker. Uh, it's amazing. I got to find it. And here it is. This one paragraph... You know, in theater, when someone's bombing and they drop the sandbag on their head, yep. <laughs> you, know, you go up into the catwalk and just drop the sandbag and pfft, right. This guy dropped a sandbag on Alex Kurtzman. Wow. This is awesome. CBS did find room in its soul for the gleefully irreverent evil. And if you're not aiming to be transgressively weird with Silence of the Lamb sequel, well, why bother? Clarice's other co-creator is Alex Kurtzman, a practiced IP hack. Wow. <laughs> a practiced IP hack. This is an entertainment weekly <laughs> known for Transformers, various Star Treks, a failed mummy, and the worst Spider-Man. <laughs> That's a lot of money made off other people's originality. Can't we institute some kind of limit on this stuff? Like maybe a person can only work in four pre-existing universes per decade? <laughs> wow. His participation makes Clarice feel even more like a dastardly act of franchise capitalism. Oh, my. I'd believe you if you told me Kurtzman was planning a Buffalo Bill prequel series or a throwback procedural where Clarice Starling's dad solved 60s crime. Jeez. Do you think they meant to leave that in there? Or was it like a... <laughs> yeah. Shots fired. Well, then. He dropped the sandbag from the rafters onto Kurtzman's head. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That can you believe that? In a mainstream publication like Entertainment Weekly. It was way down, so maybe they thought no one would get to that point, and if they well, did, they <laughs> deserve a, a good... <laughs> but, you know, unlike, like, you know, get these access media sites with all these rumors, and they're 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 bloggers, yeah. right? And, and there's no editing. Like, there's misspellings and bad grammar and all kinds of yeah, mistakes. Yeah. This passed through an editor, and they let that go. Mm. They let that go. So when, when Cameron was talking about the reckoning coming this year and house cleanings and whatnot. Looks like it's there it is. Yeah. You know, the CBS All Access is a is a dumpster fire and they're rebranding as Paramount Plus. Paramount, yeah. It, yeah, I just keep commercials for it. It's it's just gonna be the same garbage. It's all the same shit. Um 
just under a different name and you know a pile of shit by any other name is still a pile of shit so um yeah that was awesome awesome that was refreshing (laughs) finally somebody who isn't who isn't part of the fandom menace saying it right right like you know it's 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 the same echo chamber of like you know this guy doesn't like it and this guy doesn't like it and this guy doesn't like it so it's 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 nice that that finally somebody in the mainstream is getting it the guy's terrible yeah thank you con guy um i just that's the difference that when people who leave their beliefs at home don't uh they don't you don't give them any anything to use against you. I mean, look at how they're trying to get rid of Chris Pratt. As long as you look at John Favreau, he leaves it at home, right? That's right. Uh let's see. Share screen. Chris, Chris Pratt wasn't even doing anything. Well, <laughs> he was Pratt, leaving it at home and they're still going after him. Yeah, right. Well, that's true. Well, they're desperate. They're desperate, so they're making up shit about him. Making it up. <laughs> Tom Brady. I mean, oh, look, here we go again. <laughs> I'm not the biggest Tom Brady guy. But they're doing the same thing. This whole yeah. week, they've been yeah. digging up the, oh, Tom Brady had a mega hat, and Tom Brady done that. Tom Brady this, Tom Brady that. It's like, look, you know, there was actually one woman, I, I should have should have clipped it out, said on Twitter something like, you know, all the attention he's getting for winning seven championships when there's so many other great black athletes. It was like, what? You mm. won wow. seven championships. That's, That's not taking, yeah, one thing is, yeah, has nothing to do with the other. That's- right. He was like, there's, uh, there's black quarterbacks in the league. But they haven't won seven Super Bowls. Right. When they win seven Super Bowls, guess what? They'll get the same accolades. Mm-hmm. Yep. They'll get it when they win two or three. Like it's, but that's when people, like, that's the the, the, the the shit. It's just, it's driving me nuts that that has to be the the backbone of every story. It has to be this. They have to call, they're trying to call out racism and, and injustices. And it's the, that don't really exist. It's just a story. The guy won seven Super Bowls. That's never going to happen again. It's never going to happen again. Patrick Mahomes is not going to do it. No, no. It's not going to happen ever again. Uh, you know, it's, I don't, like I said, I'm not a Tom Brady guy, but what the hell? Tip of the cap, man. He went to a different team and won again. Mm-hmm. So a shitty team that only had seven wins last year. Uh, I thought this was interesting because we did the whole stock market thing last week that Mark mm-hmm. Cuban tutors the Reddit traders on their next move as AMC Entertainment and GameStop uh, GameStop fall. If you can afford to hold the stock, you hold. <laughs> yeah, he open had an open forum with the redditors too, like which normally he charges for um, his advice, and he like yeah. that's pretty cool, man. He Mark always the character. He's a kind of a man of the people, you know. He's a self-made yeah. guy, and we've seen stories in the past where he'll just like go to McDonald's and work for free for a day. He's a regular guy. To keep him humble, to remember, remind him, you know, and uh, I think that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Good on him. Yep. I mean, Agreed. Yeah. And, uh, and good for these Reddit guys. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hope they win in the long run. I don't care what they get painted out as in the media. They deserve to do what they did. They deserve to hold their stock and they deserve to profit off of the backs of millionaires who have been screwing them billionaires who have been screwing mm-hmm. them screwing all of us for years so yep go mark cuban <laughs> hold on i got a stupid pop-up on the next story that i can't oh you oh boy. it won't go away ah skip it okay i'll skip it <laughs> was it a good one to skip 
Yeah. Eh, okay. It's the old, it's the one I put in the calendar as OCW, the gift. Oh, oh. Given, yeah. <laughs> oh, there it is. It's right there. You got it. <laughs> right. But there's no X. I can't get rid of it. It just, this thing won't go away. Because oh, right. okay. uh, Cosmic Book News is hurting for cash, apparently. They get this non-go away ad I can't get rid of. Wow, how the how that are they renewed already? Jeez. Uh I don't want to get renewed. Nothing else. That woman's ratings are cratering. They yeah. blamed the NFL, then they had a week without the NFL and they kinda held the same. So mm-hmm. um but still bad. Right. Well, I mean what, what, did, did they really think there was a huge crossover between NFL fans and Batman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they got like I think they had like forty thousand extra. And I can skip it. What was that? You can skip the ad now. Oh, I can. It says skip skip. Oh, it's oh yeah, just make sure you watch play a video though. I'm looking for like the little X. X to click yeah. Oh think- right, right. Okay. That's okay. You can ignore it. Um, I I thought Flash was already pre can. Didn't they cancel Flash last year? That's what I heard. I heard it was coming to an end. Uh, I guess. Not. It- Seem like it, but now they're. <laughs> and then Legends of Tomorrow. I thought apparently that... not. I thought Legends of Tomorrow was gone too. Overstated to welcome, yeah. Hmm. And then they've ordered additional episodes of Superman and Lois and Waka. They haven't even started yet, right? They haven't even. Started That's not Walker Texas Ranger, is it? I think uh, it might be his it son. Is. It is it a remake of that. Or oh, it's a remake. I was thinking it was his son. <laughs> oh, oh no. I don't know. I, I, I assumed that. No. I just watched the commercial. I, don't I will watch this pilot, the two-hour movie or whatever, and do a review. I'm curious. It looks okay, but it is the CW, so I'm sure they'll be full-grown. Um, is that going to be an update of the 90s show with uh, Terry Hatcher? Um, no, it's a little different. It, it's kind of more like Smallville. Hmm. Um, and it's using the guy who the Tyler, what's his name, Tyler Hockman or whatever, who played Superman on Supergirl, right? Yep. And and they have two sons. One is like a jock, John, Jonathan's the jock, right? That's. A, I don't then, know. Cause I haven't read too much into this. It's like Jordan and Jonathan or something like that, and one's like a nerdy kid. Oops, I didn't mean to do that. One's like a nerdy kid, and one's like a football jock, and only one of them is going to have superpowers. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's rich. Does it make sense? Because obviously they're both part alien, right? Correct. They should have some alien. And in typical CW fashion, it's going to be the nerdy, brainy kid who gets the superpowers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, Dynasty? Are they remaking Dynasty? I think oh, they've been remaking. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah, yeah. It's been go- going on for a while. Some people I, need I, their stories, man. People I literally have not turned on the CW until Batwoman in like years. It's been like four years since I watched anything on that. I show. watched Seinfeld at eleven o'clock on CW. Oh, well, <laughs> that's, that's it. Same thing. That's I better go to sleep show. <laughs> Seinfeld's crushing it on this channel. I know. Like <laughs> <laughs> I watch on there. That Batwoman is just cratering. Um, yeah. Well, good luck, CW. They just keep making the same crap over and over again, and it's mm. just not working. Dun, dun, dun. Now to the juicy stuff. She's creepy. That's the original one, right? This is the original Kamala Khan. 
from like the 70s? She um, has. So, so here's your Seinfeld, Stacey. She's got man hands. <laughs> one man hands. <laughs> just one. Yeah. She's foreshortening <laughs> there. That's crazy. What a, like kind of like a woke comic person because she's kind of androgynous. I mean, she's kind of like female. Like I, I thought this was the new one at first when before I read the article. Yeah, no, this is this is the character they've been trying to get people to buy into for years. And say yes, this is popular. your newest favorite superhero, or else. I the think her, her comic book has been canceled and rebooted seven hundred and thirty-two times in the last four years. Really. Oh, yeah. uh, maybe 733 times oh, a lot um you know they put around that avengers video game as the prime they you know they sold it as an avengers game but it was really a ms marvel game and that's <laughs> why it, it lost hundreds of millions of dollars um and then they remember we had that they put the she's miss marvel yes yes they appropriated oh. a name they appropriated a name from another miss marvel who became Carol danvers marvel. Yeah, yeah Carol Danvers yeah. used to be the original Miss Marvel. Yes, oh, right. Okay. So, in typical fashion, they want to use uh, someone that's already indoctrinated in Marvel. Oh, I'm and so confused. Give her a new name. Yeah. Yes, we all are, Stacy. <laughs> um, and we saw that. Remember, they had that Marvel membership thing you could send away for her. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. In a Spider-Man costume. Yes, that's her. They keep. They keep trying to give us this character that nobody really asked for. Right? Nobody wants to see. A Kamala Khan movie or her in a show. Is her like, always oh. big like that, or does it become big? Like when she needs she it. She stretches like Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. She, oh, it's not okay. always so like that. Can, like we have big hands if she needs to. Big long legs and she can oh, grow three feet tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, She's not around with that and, hand. And they make her, like. And they make yeah, her it kind of makes having a secret identity really hard if she's got no, those giant it hands. Be, it could be a medical issue. People could assume that it's like a medical problem. She's got gigantism, and and. You know, she she's quippy like Peter Parker. She makes these. Oh, well, that's fun. I like that. Well, yeah, if you weren't copying somebody. If you weren't there. completely ripping off two existing characters badly. So, and like, look at the costume. It's so uninspired. Like, what is that? Well, they have the new one, the new girl. Well, yeah, I was going to say, hold my beer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but these guys are kind of like the Teen Titans are, like the way the Teen Titans were, where oh, they took like the adult superheroes and they gave you teenage versions of them, right? Like, like Robin and Cyclops and all that stuff, right? I, uh, Is that what they're doing here? I know you hate no. it. Marvel <sighs> Comics recently announced a brand new Young Squadron one shot as part of their Heroes Reborn event. So, Heroes Reborn is taking existing characters that work and changing them into new characters that won't work. Well, obviously she doesn't work, so they're doing something else with her. Oh, exactly. But but <laughs> but hold on, we're getting there. Wait a second. Still not there. This is Marvel. It's gonna it's gonna turn into a shit show any second now. Hold that hold that thought. They're already. I bet you know on Twitter you can schedule tweets. They have tweets already scheduled for like next month or whenever this comes out, attacking the fans for not buying this. I guarantee it. Oh yeah, they oh, yeah absolutely. already on scheduled. Like you know, wow, you istaphobes. So um, here's what, <laughs> Jason, you're gonna love this. Have you seen this yet, Jason? I haven't, but I'm scared. Oh, should, buckle should up, be. buckle <laughs> up. You're gonna love this. Remember Nova? Oh, oh yeah. Well, oh, this nice. is the new Nova. Kids, spectrum. kids spectrum. Yep. <laughs> Say it with me now. What in the fresh hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> 
we always have some some use for that statement in this. It looks like something I scribbled when I was five years old on the back of a napkin. <laughs> well, yeah, first of all, the art is like atrocious. It's Marvel Comics, for God's sakes. It's Marvel. The House of Ideas, or lack, the House of No Ideas. Wow. What? what, what like, seriously, what is this? Oh, it's like, What's wrong with Nova? He they used can... to have a cool costume. Yeah, it gets better. But wait, oh. there's more. <laughs> It was based on this guy, Dr. Spectrum. Oh, yeah. That brings back yeah. memories. Yeah. yeah. Oh, here comes. Miles Morales. I'm confused by this. Like, isn't <laughs> Miles Morales Spider-Man? Yes. Yeah. That's the point. <laughs> Why? I'm, and he's Falcon like the Falcon, like from the Marvel movies, Falcon? Yep. Yeah. Why uh, is he switching identities for? I'm so confused. Exactly. You're, not only, you're not the only one. Exactly. That's what call this. Marvel Presents, I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> So he's not Spider-Man anymore? Apparently not. not I mean, this, was uh, born. No. Oh, he's he, already a person. Like I don't This is basically uh, it's it's just this is Marvel's take on what DC just did with the future state. Right. Where DC said, Oh, let's stop selling all our regular comics for two months and put out these oh, okay. kind of like what if. What if right. yeah. reality oh, like I well, yeah, it goes on to say like it's a world without the Avengers. Now so. here's the thing. I have yeah. heard that future state isn't that bad. I've heard that a lot of it's pretty good actually, and it's selling pretty well. It is selling. Yeah. I don't know if, don't know if it's any good, but it's selling. I'm not going to buy into it. If anything, I'll wait for the collected edition. Right, right. Yeah, same here. That's why this is called Heroes Reborn. They're reborn as different heroes. Different. So they took the 70s costume, the Sam Wilson, or the 80s, this uh, Falcon miniseries. This was actually a great miniseries. It was a good Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really good. Um, so they're taking that 80s costume that he had um, and, and putting it on Miles Morales. <laughs> which which doesn't make any sense. Who seems to be the go-to for like retconning an existing hero. It's just like they keep... <laughs> yeah. Miles and <laughs> then we get to Kamala Khan, who's now known as... Girl, Girl Power. Wow. Can you yeah, come up with a... That's a little too on the nose there with us. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a little on the pandering side, yeah. you say? Yeah, I think. Wow. Now, remember, DC has power girls, so they couldn't use that. Oh. Uh, so they invert girl wow. power. You can come up with something. Yeah. yeah, to me, that's like, like, hey, come over here. I'm going to smash you in the face with this cinder block. See if you feel it. Um, How would you like your, your, your metaphor served up today? Blatant or obvious? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Based on uh, another squad and supreme person. Power princess. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Now these squadron, well, supreme, is, yeah. these squadron supreme characters. I'm like, I didn't even read this in the '80s. It was just like, oh, yeah. I mean, okay, I did. I actually loved them. Did you? They were, did you? Yeah, they were analogs to the Justice League, but they yep, used to exactly. Yeah, yeah, they were able so, to screw around with them. So this is wow. it. One shot called Young Squadron, and um, it's going to sell five copies, and they're going to get all this. <laughs> no, but don't you think it's kind of like the same idea as like Teen Titans? Like they're kind of trying to do the same thing, like the young versions of. But they have that. They have. But they uh, have young versions. Years, of that. They have. Yeah, they have. Just yeah, do it. Just do it as they are now. It just. Mm. Yeah, it's it's right. Just take yeah. the, like Nova is like a teenage. Uh, oh okay. Yeah. They yeah, actually, I mean it's, actually, it's 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 not their their first four way foray into making uh, a, a 
Four-way, <laughs> yeah. That's a different their, Yeah. <laughs> it's not their, their, their first foray into making uh, a group of teenage superheroes, but they... So yeah, so in so in in that sense, yes, there is a Teen Titans aspect to it, but unfortunately, they didn't do it right. And they they, did, they successfully um, done it before. They've done it with the New Warriors. And they I did was it just with the say, New Warriors. Yep. New Warriors. Yep. New Warriors. Those were successful, but not yeah. the new New Warriors. Right, right. No, right. Safe space. That still hasn't come out. The old, the old ones. The old yeah. New Warriors. The old New Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Runaways was a success too, about a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. that was actually Runaways was yeah, that was fun. And uh yeah, what, what was the mutant ones of the new new mutants? New mutants. Yeah, they were the young oh, yep. Generation X. Remember Power Pack? Yeah, Power, Power Pack. Pack. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying so there's to a history, there's a history of them doing it right. So yeah. Oh, they're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in fact, they, they thought they'd try it. something new. Yeah, here's a whole bunch of them on uh, Amazon. The trades you can get the new warriors and. Yep. Oh, I was trying great. to find Daniel Daniel Kibblesmith's only. Hang on, let's see. Yeah. Daniel. <laughs> the one that <laughs> here it is. Um, oh wow, got one and a half star. It, but, but I don't know who could have created that. Oh, it has never been released. Released. So. It's never oh, been released. really. Oh, funny. It, it it was promised back in for originally in the spring, yeah. and then it got delayed until the fall. And it was supposed to be for like a five issue miniseries, and then they said, uh, "We're just going to put it out as one book, and it's going to come out on October twenty seventh." You can see right mm. here. Uh, I put in a pre order. I had to get this, you know, <laughs> train wreck, fire, train wreck. <laughs> yeah. And then this happened on October twenty seventh. Oh, weird. Yeah. Nobody has seen this book. I think Marvel's burned every copy. Why? <laughs> even it won't, it's not even on Comixology, which is digital. Like, okay, you're not going to bother printing and shipping the books because it's shit. But you can put the digital comic. It's done. They won't right. even put it out digitally. They're humiliated by this. I guarantee it. Huh. Yeah, I agree. And look at these characters. Who the hell? Look at this. <laughs> this is a terrible. Let me see if I can. Look at that. I thought it was a joke. I really did. I thought it was a joke when I first saw it. I was like, there's yeah, no, originally there's I thought no it way was that's fun. real. There's, yeah, I thought it was a spoof too. But then I, I found out that he wrote the book Santa's Husband and went, oh, that's no joke. <laughs> it's a space station. Yeah. Can you stop saying that, please? What's that? Santa's Husband. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm going to buy that this year and read it at Christmas. You, all should. you should. You should make it a special. Oh. special make it a, make it a uh, Geek Time TV special event. Yeah. It's you reading it out loud. Yeah. yeah. I won't be showing up for that. Uh, <laughs> I, don't know if you, I don't know if your brother's watching, Judah Buddha. This one's for you. I, I dug this out for you because he keeps talking about how he's excited for the new Suicide Squad movie by James Gunn. And they actually put the synopsis out. Did anybody read the synopsis? I did. Wow, yes, yes, yes. I watched the little trailer thing the fan made at the bottom. It looks kind of kind of exciting. It's pretty stacked. With, yeah, um, it's, it's that's my only thing that I'm worried about is it might be too too many yeah. too stuffed. Idris Elba. Yeah. You got Idris Elba up in there. Yeah, Idris Elba is awesome. Yeah. Um, and and uh, John Cena and there's a whole bunch of cool. Yeah, John Cena. That's this, crazy. This, and more Harley Quinn. Yeah, she's the only one that comes back. For sure. 
you know what? In an ensemble movie where she's gypped of some screen time, that's a good thing. Pete Davidson is in it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's one yeah. of the guys. I think that's why he had blonde hair last year or two years ago. This when he sounds so it's Welcome to Hell, a.k.a. Belle Reeve, the prison with the highest mortality rate in the U.S. of A., where the worst supervillains are kept and where they will do anything to get out, even join a super secret, super shady task force, task force X. Today's do or die assignment, assemble a collection of cons, including Bloodsport, Peacemaker, Captain Boomerang, Ratcatcher 2, Savant, <laughs> King Shark. Yeah, baby, King Shark. Now we're talking. Blackguard, Javelin, and everyone's favorite psycho, Harley Quinn. Then arm them, woo! Then arm them heavily and drop them literally on the remote en enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese. Trekking through a jungle, teeming with militant adversaries and guerrilla forces at every turn, the squad is on a search and destroy mission with only Colonel Rick Flag on the ground to make them behave. And Amanda Waller's government techies in their ears, tracking their every movement. And as always. One wrong move and they're dead, whether at the hands of opponents, a teammate, or Waller herself. If anyone's laying down bets, the smart money is against them. All of them. Hmm. So, um, okay. yeah. That sounds kind of interesting. Michael right. Rooker's in it, too. You know? So, um, yeah, this is... It's not much of a synopsis. It's basically the... It's like the pitch for the yeah, comic Peter Capaldi's book. in it, which, uh, which I'm I'm looking forward to. Yep, Peter Capaldi. It is packed. Alice Brock. Like it's just packed. If anything, Sean Gunn. I mean, it, it, these people aren't going to get enough time. Mm, How do you yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Some of them might get taken out pretty early. <laughs> um, Viola Davis. She's going to be um, Amanda Waller again. So, yeah. Um, yeah. This. This. I mean, hmm. it, it's. It didn't say much except that the mission is going to be in Corto Maltese. Like I was hoping for a little bit more on the plot. Um, because the rest of it is like what we already know. They've got bombs in their heads and yeah. you know, <laughs> and they have to go do what the government wants them to do or they're dead. So, mm -hmm. you know, but it's fun. It's a, it's a superhero dirty dozen. If you have ever seen the movie, the dirty dozen, it's the same thing. It's, it's a lot of fun. Mm. Now, speaking of a lot of fun, the, the dirty here. Yeah. Considering how many, cat, uh, uh, how many cast members are. Yeah. Hmm. So, this was this caused a big stir, and um, yeah, oh I had yeah, to, you tell me about that. I had to help a friend move this weekend, and I stopped at my comic shop on the way. I haven't been there in a couple of weeks, and I ran over and grabbed this off the rack and bought it. Um, Marvel artist Joe Bennett accused of anti-Semitism over artwork error in the Immortal Hulk number forty-three. Okay. Now, before we even go there, this book is edited by three people. Hmm. Including Tom Brevoort, who spends most of his day on Twitter. Oh boy. This he might have Joe Bennett might have made a mistake. And I've heard from um other people on YouTube and whatnot that apparently oh. Joe Bennett, the English is his second language anyway. Uh, so oh. I'll you'll see what he did. But the fact that it got through editorial is either that's how sloppy Marvel has gotten, mm. or or they let it go. What did Cameron just say about these people? Yep. Yeah. So here's what happened. Um, he's got Bruce Banner as uh, Joe Fixit again. 
and Joe Fixit goes to a pawn shop. And I don't know if you can see this. I'll blow it up. Mm. Actually, I think they blow it up. So what he did anyway, but let me back this up. As part of this issue, he decided to pay tribute to a lot of past Marvel Hulk artisan writers. Okay. Uh, and, and he's wearing the 616 ball cap, which is the main timeline in the Marvel Universe. Is the 616 timeline. Yep. Um, you know, so like they have uh, Starlins for Jim Starlin as instead of Starbucks. You can yep. see in the window they have Kirby and King and uh, Stan Lee's name is over there in that window over here. Yep. So he's going to pay homage to like all the guys. Al Milgram, I think he had a Milgram's in here somewhere. I don't know. But anyway, it goes on as the Basimas. Like he just trying to try to call out like all these past greats. Sure. So there's probably some in here. I haven't even read the issue yet. But here's the panel that uh, the Twitter the Twitter people found and immediately started attacking Joe Bennett. Look at the window. It's a Jewish star. Oh, boy. And above it, and maybe you see it better up here. Yeah. Right here. Let me blow it up more. Remember, he's drawing this backwards. And he yeah. Uses- J E W E R Y. Jewelry. And the and the name uh, of the, the name too. The name of the store yeah. too yeah. Was, was wrong. There's an extra yeah, letter in there. Is his homage to David Cronenberg, the director right. Cronenberg. Cronenberg. Well. Like how people say it, Cronenberg, but it's Cronenberg. Right. Um Jewelry, so yeah. he blew that one too, but of oh, I course, missed the jewelry part. I didn't even notice that when I was looking at it. That's the big yeah. one, the one everybody's yeah. mad about. Um, yeah, Milgram's books named <laughs> after Al Milgram. And well, they're so- trying to say that it's like anti-Semitic because, like, it's like feeding into some trope that all Jew- that Jewish people yes. are with a diamond, like right? Because that's- he's got an L because he's drawing it backwards, which he says, "I was writing this backwards." I, I there was a completely. Yeah. Intentional. Oh, ju- I get it now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, right. it's supposed well, to be jewelry, and yeah, home is right underneath it, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So he apologizes and says, you know, I'm gonna, you know, reassess the way I work and the whole thing. And he bends a knee and he just takes the takes the beating. And I, you know, I, I just see it as I'm sorry. Um, he might have made that mistake. Or it was intentional. Even if it was intentional, that's editorial's job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, editorial's got to say, "Hold it, Joe. You can't put that in there. You've got to go right. back and redraw that." Right? Yep. Why wouldn't it be caught? That's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's, it's weird that it wouldn't be caught with three editors. Yeah, three, three editors on this book, and and nowhere in this piece on uh, bonding into comics do they even mention. Gee, the editor probably should have caught that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. That's wonderful. It just seems like if it's if it was on purpose, like how could you think that that would go by? Like how unnoticed? You know what I mean? Like, but then you wonder. It went through three editors, past three editors' desks, including Tom Brewer, who Twitter all day long. So he's lazy. He probably missed it. But but the fact that that this is Marvel Comics, like this was the gold standard of comics. Like back in the day, there's no way that would have gotten through. And you yeah. know, I brought it up at, at my comic shop, and I said, "That's that's not on Joe Bennett. That's on the editors." And and the guy says, "Well, you know, mistakes happen, but not like that. No. That should not happen. The editor's job is to scour every panel right. on every page. Exactly. The art, 
the they're looking for misspellings. Yeah. They're looking mm -hmm. for grammatical errors. Jason, you've been reading comics your whole life. Am I crazy? Absolutely, hundred percent true. They that's their job, and if they're not doing their jobs effectively, they shouldn't be editors like this. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, this is egregious, and it's unacceptable in an, ed an editor type of environment. And it makes you wonder because Al Ewing, the guy who writes the book, is a notorious Twitter SJW. So is yeah, there yeah. something there? Is Al Ewing like I want to get rid of this guy? Did somebody take that in editorial and change it? Did someone actually spell it wrong intentionally and let it go through? There's a lot of theories behind this. Hmm. Um, you know, who knows? I mean, it could it could be as basic as a simple mistake that got past three editors' eyeballs and into print, or other something other some there was some nefarious way to try to frame Joe Bennett and get him canceled. Um, yeah, it's it's. Either way, they're they're they've fixed it. So every subsequent printing and ship shipment going forward will have it fixed. Mm -hmm. um, which is why I went and bought it. It's already going for thirty plus dollars on eBay. Yeah. So um, I should have bought more than one. Maybe if they're still there this week, I, maybe I will. Oh, they won't be there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the comic shop owner didn't even know about it. Oh, oh okay. Maybe. I gotta get this. I got to get this, and he goes, "Why?" I mean, I buy the trades of Immortal Hulk, you know, right. the collected editions. And I said, the mistake, the mistake. And I opened the book and showed him. And he goes, ah, shit, like that happens all the time. I'm like, oh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm surprised. It it. All the time. Yeah, maybe he's used to the way Marvel works these days. It's like, these days, right? They are you know, sloppy, yeah. I mean, Marvel and DC are yeah, sloppy. And, yeah. yeah. So They're not what they used to be. Like, there's no way back in the day that would have gotten. No. Remember Batman's penis? From like a couple years oh, ago, and yes. Batman damned. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. my god! Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Let that one go. <laughs> That's like two years ago, right? Yeah, Batman damned. He showed up yeah. in a cave, completely naked, and they. Yeah, you saw the old batarang. <laughs> <laughs> How could that be a mistake? It's drawn. <laughs> yeah. This Lucius Fox made it for him. It's all right. Not like a nip slip, you know. Like <laughs> somebody in editing just said, "Hey, oh well." Yeah, like that's that's a you know, we went over the sales figures last week. How manga's just absolutely crushing American superhero comics, and it's so sad, yeah. And we're gonna get to a little bit of that in, in a bit, too. Um, oh boy, yeah, this. Um, I mean, let, let's face it, I mean, who's shocked by this? <laughs> yeah, we already, yeah, we talked about, how yeah, it's it's, yeah, I mean. Granted, I mean, the year of the coof, theaters closed. I, we get it. Um, but I think a better movie would not have tanked as badly, um, especially in, in China and places where they're basically open again and the theaters are thriving. Um, so, but Warner Brothers keeps deeming it a success and uh, it's still out in our theaters. I'm, I, you couldn't pay me money to watch this again. Yeah. But no. you know they're blaming the coof. Um, it what a shame. But then you know they're also talking about how Wonder Woman three is going to go back to its darker edge. It's it's uh, more <laughs> serious tone. So um, a good way. Know, if, it, if if yeah, in a good way, like the first movie. Yeah, so that's like a good movie. Such a big success. Um, why are they going to return it to the way it used to be? Mm -hmm. Yeah, please, Zack Snyder, come back and fix when this. When it was good. When it was. Yeah. Good. 
Yeah. So, um, let me do this. Zack Snyder. So this was a great story. Speaking of Zack Snyder, mm-hmm. um, he did an interview recently, and they tried to uh, bait him into trashing the fandom. Oh yeah. wow! I remember. I remember reading this when it came out. The, the, uh, you know. Okay. Did I like Man of Steel? No, not really. Did I like Batman versus Superman? Eh, it was okay, but not particularly. Did I want to see his Justice League after those two movies? Not really. Not really. Um, but when the fans rallied for him, and at first I didn't care, you know that like release the Snyder Cut thing. I, I was like, please don't. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yep. But then it got it happened, right? The fans made it happen, and the fans did like charitable work, and they got it to they they got Warner Brothers listened to them. I mean, I remember over the summer, I was so excited. I was like. This is a win for everybody that, that a major studio listened and spent money to give them what they wanted, to give them what they asked for instead of what they don't ask for, right? And force some other crap down their throat. And and then I saw Zack Snyder on the DC Fandom live streams, and I was like, he just seems like such a good person. Mm-hmm. And he went through such personal hell. Yeah, yeah. Losing his daughter and losing his job and and just he seemed so grateful and emotional that that people cared enough to do this for him to fight this fight for him and i was like you know what i, I might not think his movies are high art but i th- really like him and respect him as a person and then i read this and i'm like you know what i'll watch anything he does going forward i'll just pay the money and support this dude um because he's because he's he backs us. Um, so he said, I think it's just sour grapes. He said to author Sean O'Donnell regarding the naysayers who denied there was any material for a director's cut and that it could be finished. There's no other way to say it. We know the people who are the architects of that narrative. And it's pretty obvious what their agenda is. Snyder continued. Those are people that I've been held back from confronting by wiser people in the room. Um, and that's the narrative that, you know, the fan, the uh, we're toxic, toxic fandom, fandom menace, mm-hmm. the whole thing, uh, you know, that he should detach himself from from the fans. Snyder <laughs> then admitted that he'd like to have some one-on-one time with said people, stating that he would love to get at some of these characters. Some direct conversation would be nice, he said, just to say, one, you don't know shit about what you're talking about, and we can break down anything they've ever said. Sounds like the guy we just had on at the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> The director then added he could make a list of things skeptical critics got wrong. I can make a list. There's a few of these guys where I could just get a list of everything they've ever said and thought was right. And I could tell them every single thing they've said is wrong, said Snyder. The director also impugned the credibility of said critics and without naming names explained how he'd love the opportunity to just say to the world and to fandom in general who these fakers are and what should be done to them or with them. It's just a bunch of BS. Sounds a lot like Cameron. Mm Mm-hmm. Snyder then defended his pillared, pillared, <laughs> pilloried fandom, a group who has come under regular fire for being either too passionate or too toxic. Ugh. Clarifying to O'Connell that his fans and supporters were actually quite charitable, as they demonstrated by their raising of $250,000 for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. In regards to that toxic fandom, or it's a win for toxic fandom, 
Again, in what world does this toxic fandom raise hundreds of thousands of dollars for suicide prevention? How is that toxic fandom, he wondered. They've probably achieved more than any other fan base and done more good than any other group, so I don't understand. So, good wow. on him. Yep. I will support anything he does. Good or bad. Um, because, you know, he's basically got our back. Because we had his. So, um, it's a symbiotic relationship. Good for him. And, and the Very fact that he got that, that the fans got this bankrolled and his four hour cut is coming out in about a month um, is, is a great story, I think. So, go, Zack Snyder. I'm getting all emotional now. Uh, oh, let me just quickly see what we got left. Not too much. Um, oh, geez, I had a follow up to the other story. We'll follow it up now. We'll do it. This is Quentin Tarantino style. We're all non-linear and shit. We're going to skip <laughs> time. Um, there's more of this Heroes Report. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sent this one, Edson. Yep. Um, I should have put this next to the other one. I don't know how it got displaced. But Tyrion um, <laughs> and the Imperial Guard. So, um, yeah. <laughs> this is Edson's this, this is the one. Oh my gosh. I fell over my chair. I couldn't. What? I didn't know what to do after I read this. You see who's just... writing it? Mark Bernardin. Oh, Mark Bernardin is Kevin Smith's podcasting partner. Oh, oh Jesus. You know, wow. the two guys who cry about everything and praise oh, everything. Right, right, right. Don't I can't have a I... critical opinion. I can't believe this. Um, this looks. Who wants to read a book about this? Um, it's the new life of a non-superpowered Peter Parker. Right. So the yeah. description reads: Peter's the biggest Hyperion fan in the world. Because who wouldn't be? Just look at that <laughs> toxic male. <sighs> so yeah, he's reborn he as a non-superhero. Be chummy with his favorite hero thanks to a photography get at the Daily Bugle. Surely nothing can go wrong with his camera and him in the heart of the action, right? Really? Who wants to read a comic book about a photographer? Yeah, that's... A teenage photographer with a man crush on a superhero. That's how he's reborn. A, a Shazam knockoff, no less. Um, yeah, that's weak. That's weak sauce. Yeah. <laughs> weak. Super weak. Then you have Magneto in the mutant. This one, too. Uh, oh. It's called Brotherhood of the Evil Mutants. I thought it was Magneto in the Mutant Force. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, Young Squadron. And then the Siege Society, which is uh, <laughs> some villains in a Black Widow and um, Zemo. Zemo. Saber Saber, is that Hawkeye down there in the corner? I think that might be Kate Bishop, perhaps. Well, that looks like a dude. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can't. Don't assume gender now. Is that Ant Man? It's a gender fluid Hawkeye. It's it's the, the they them Hawkeye. Yeah. So, uh, oh, here it is: Baron Zemo, Natasha Romanoff, Clint, Clint Barton, Scott Lang, and Victor Creed. Wow. So, um, yeah. Um, who asked for this? Like, what? <laughs> uh, uh, again, it's like, uh, are they trying to go out of business? Like, did they? Disney's going to shut this down soon. 
Disney can't afford to take who's going to buy this garbage. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted for the second time tonight. (laughs) That actually makes future state look really good. (laughs) It actually does. Future state has better covers. And you know, in, in, I saw this as pulled this up the other night on Friday Night Tights. He's like, "This, this is um, what the hell?" This is the recent America Chavez comic oh. book. You know, they're bringing America Chavez into the Marvel universe. They're oh, the the, uh, the 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 beloved character, the one Kevin Feige said in our video open. Yeah, the, yeah, the very Ooh. popular character that sold six thousand copies of her book. Uh, six thousand copies. It's embarrassing. Hmm. So, <laughs> Stacy, your face was great. What your face when I opened this was great. It's I was very another time. I'm very confused. Very confused. What 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 sort of fan art is this? For, thank you, Pete. First of all, this is not art up to Marvel standards by any stretch. No, no they're most not even connected. Professional comic book publisher of any kind. Yeah, I mean, it's, if it's I saw this, you no. Look at the Habsburg jaw over here on this pair. <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't want to rip on people's art and art is subjective and, you know, but this is not Marvel used to have a standard. You had to be the best of the best to work at this company. And now they'll take any cheap labor they can, they can get. And, and I mean, it's bad, but it gets, so it, it, are we backing this on Kickstarter or is this a, uh... right. Um, <laughs> this is like the next page. Listen to this dialogue. Yeah. So the girl in the car, I think that's Kate Bishop in the car. He says, I'm literally intrigued and in awe of both of them. If this is what it's like to date other women, then I applaud all the women dating women right now because this is incredible. Motorcycle courtship chase, check. Missiles and explosions, yep. And now we're just flying together into the sky, heading into a giant heart. I swear if we come back married, I'm going to be so jealous. Sigh. Always the bride's best archer, never the archer bride. Oh, wow. The suck is strong with this one. And they wonder why they can't sell comic books. Who the fuck would read this? (laughs) That's such bad. Is this what you want in your superhero books? It's weird. It's and it's awful. not because they're two ladies. It's, it's, it's just, no, it's a it's clear. So it's a, disingenuous. It's a, it's a self-insert. It's the it's the writer and the artist are self-inserting. It's mostly the writer, clearly, because that dialogue is absurd. Yeah. Um, and, and it's got that like indoctrination kind of tone to it. Like hmm. you should let's applaud. Who is, like who is this for? Like who are who is the audience that this is like geared toward? Well, again, going back to what Cameron was talking about earlier today, it's the audience they think they what they're supposed to go after. Okay, and, and it's the audience who doesn't buy shit. That doesn't buy comic books. <laughs> this comic book, this comic book, twelve issues and sold six thousand copies each. Like or in that neighborhood, that's an abysmal failure. That's not even worth printing. Um, look, I mean, substandard art. The writing is abominable. It's they they gotta insert their identity mm-hmm. politics into it. This is superhero comics are supposed to be escapist. Superheroes mm-hmm. are supposed to be like the Greek gods or the the, the the Asgardian. Well, they actually use the Asgardian gods, right? 
Yep. I mean, what? Where's the fun in this? I grew up reading comics. Jason, you grew up reading comics. Edson, Pete, you grew up reading comics. Yeah. This is. Did you ever read anything like this in the five, four or five decades you've been reading comics? No. No. I, no. If I open up this page, I look up the the comic shop and I was like, "What the hell is this?" and just drop it there on, on the ground. Or, I, I, uh, yeah, but this is what they're doing, and and you know, it's 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 absolutely mind boggling that they can't understand what's going on here, and and this is and they just keep, keep doubling down. Kelly Sue DeConnick. If you don't like my politics, don't buy my books. Okay, okay, you got yeah. it. If you this is it. what you're writing, wish granted. Wish, yeah, exactly. Be careful what you wish for. Is she the yeah, writer? The best part about your book is that I'm not buying it. I don't, I don't think, know who the writer is. I don't know who the writer is, but, is. but yeah. he writes stuff just like this kind of stuff. And superheroes are supposed to be bigger than life and just a lot of fun. I you, you might have gotten this kind of stuff in an independent book, and that's fine. But but Marvel superheroes? <sighs> I just I was slack jawed when I saw that. I could not believe it when I saw it. So, conversely, as we wind this all down, I'm gonna get any worse. Yeah, Keanu Reeves, six hundred thousand <laughs> copies. Damn, Berserker yeah. number one, which comes out about in two weeks. Um, yep. I did the Kickstarter. I bought the three collected editions, which I won't get for another year at least. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I knew that. Well, it said like two years, but wow, I might have to go buy a couple of copies of this number one. Right. Um, so where I just showed you America Chavez, the world's most popular superhero, America Chavez, sells 6,000 <laughs> copies. Keanu Reeves sells 600,000 copies <laughs> of a book that most of us have already bought. Right? Yeah, that's the other thing. Are they putting into – this is 600,000 that they, they – the comic shop ordered, right? From The, the comic shop ordered 600,000. Well, so this doesn't count the million – the million dollars spent on oh wow right this is <laughs> totally separate from the Kickstarter campaign oh, yeah wow because that wasn't selling the cop the comics that was selling the the trade paper or the, trade, the, the collections gotcha. the collections wow. so basically so, paid for the first eighteen issues in advance that are going to be bound into three books okay but if I want the floppies if I want the monthlies I got to go buy them separately. Gotcha. And, and you're right, Edson. That's the 600,000 copies that have been pre-ordered by comic book stores. Once they exactly. sell out, they're going to want more. Wow. So I, I have a feeling when this is all said and done, this thing's going to sell like 1.5 million copies or something. Wow. I mean, it back to the old 6,000, you say, huh? Wow. But America Chavez, the world's most popular superhero, sold 6,000 copies and lasted 12 issues. Um. But we're getting her in the MCU, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. They're going to give us a character nobody wants or asked for, <laughs> along with Kamala Khan. The two of them, man, are going to take us to places we've never been. So, yeah, um, here it is. It's got a couple variant covers. Mm. Edson, you saw the story. I don't think I I, yeah, I, I don't think I, I put it on here. Yeah. Um, is it this cover he autographed? Sold for two grand or something like that. Wow. wow. I think if it is this cover, uh, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a variant that he signed. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's act. It's like it's actually goes for twenty five hundred. Okay. But it was on. Uh, I think one of these 
direct to consumer, the Midtown had it for like 20% off at 2000. <laughs> now here's the thing. We've been ripping on people who self insert. This is a self insert, but it's a good. The right. If that's not Keanu Reeves, um, you know. That's a beastly Keanu Reeves right yeah. there. <laughs> Beast mode, Keanu. Yeah, for sure. He's really putting this out there for his next movie role. This is what he wants to do next. Right? Oh, yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be. written all over it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a movie. Um, so, yeah, uh, Ron Garney is the artist. Ron Garney lives here locally in the Hamden area. So I'm going to try to get Ron on and by proxy, maybe Keanu Reeves. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Well, like like uh, like Cameron said, ask. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Do you, yeah, if you do, and I ask him to be my best friend, do you think he would say yes? <laughs> he definitely would say. He probably yes. would, but he'd say, "Just don't come. Don't try to get into the relationship I have with Keith, because <laughs> <laughs> we can all be best friends." He's my best friend. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. Do we all? Can we all just admit that we have man crushes on? Keanu Reeves and Stacy. I definitely have a man crush on Keanu. Well, you have a regular crush because, oh. but but us us gentlemen, us hetero gentlemen, us he cis just seems like a really good guy. I don't. There's just something about him. I, don't I know. agree with you. He just which does. is why I don't. People His laugh. If we ask Ron Garney to come on, that's not a stretch. He's the local artist in Hamden. But yep. if he brings Keanu with him, and oh I don't God. think that's out of the I don't think that's a stretch. I really just don't. like five minutes on here with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to stay for hours. Just come on for ten minutes and pitch. Are all up. our until all of our heads explode and then the show will be over. <laughs> be right. Well, he can come into pre-show, so our heads can explode before we go live. Oh, that might be fun. Yeah, it'll just be him. Come on, the air putting our skulls back together. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I don't think it's a stretch uh, at all. Um, especially if they start doing publicity tours and whatnot, he's going to have to come to Connecticut because Ron lives here. Right. So. Um, Keanu offered the role of Craven the Hunter, maybe in the next Spider Man. Yeah, I saw that. Now, this, awesome. this seems like a thin rumor. I think this is yeah. kind of, they're ginning up to see what the response is. In it's my being reported all over the place, though. Like I saw this in a couple different outlets. Yeah. Well, my response is is Emperor Palpatine. Do it. <laughs> I think Carl Urban would be better. Yeah, that's what kind of I read an article where it was saying that people, like a lot of Spider-Man fans were kind of pushing for. Yeah, I take Carl, Carl Urban. Yeah, either Carl. one. Either but one. But then again, he already did. He already did play uh, somebody in Thor. Yeah, he did. But so, he, yeah, he, he died. He died in Thor at the hour. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Thor, but it would be part of that. I think this, this is going to be in the Sony universe. Cause I think Sony's going to take the whole thing back. Cause it says he's been uh, apparently offered the lead role in, Cra in Craven, a solo film centered around the Spider-Man villain Craven. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, they might not even have Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, they should, if they were smart, they would do adapt. Craven. I, I know. I'm just saying it might not. Craven would be phenomenal, and uh, yeah, Craven's I guess bad might... guy? Keanu playing a bad guy. Yeah, well, Craven's interesting because he's one of these like anti-hero kind of guys, right? Okay, he's not. I mean, he's classified as a villain because of his ability, and he can go toe to toe with Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's how do you explain it, Edson? He's he's a sympathetic hero. He, he wants I mean, sympathetic anti-hero. 
Okay. He just wants to prove himself to, to be the best at what he does. What right, so right. when Spider-Man comes to he's like, he's got to be able to defeat. It's like, mm. it's like his next trophy to, to beat him. It's like, that's, he's a, a, very, that's into him. Yeah, he's a very prideful uh, person. Very yeah. prideful individual. He's not yeah. going after him to become, you know, a vil- or to take over the world or to gain money or anything like that. It's more like he wants to prove that he can beat him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that he's the alpha predator. Right. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with, like, he doesn't have grandiose plans of world domination or big, big light beams that go up into the sky. What does he hunt? What's he hunting? Bad Other bad guys? Sometimes no. it could be that. Um, it could be. Um, mostly, though, he's. He's made it his mission to take down Spider-Man. Oh. Right, but up until then, it was like he would, he would look for the ultimate, uh, you know, whoever yeah. person, creature, opponent to to do it, and then then he found Spider-Man, and then he became the ultimate oh, one. Okay. So he's just looking for that higher, you know, more difficult. He just wants power and to be the best. Yeah, but but he doesn't yeah. have he doesn't have avarice. He doesn't have dreams and goal like to go beyond that. Like his. He could die happy if he defeated Spider-Man. That would be the- <laughs> okay. It's and the story Craven's Last Stand is probably the best exploration of his character. I would definitely exactly. recommend reading Craven's Last Stand. Uh, Mike Zek. Mike Zek. And J.M. Diamitis. Yes, yes. Yeah. And we're trying to get Mike Zek. Oh, we got a couple of comments in here. Um, Mr. Jude. Bring back Spider-Ham. Spider-Ham number one came out last week, dude. It's in the comic shops. Yeah, he's back. <laughs> we need to invite him on so I can say... Nothing but later, dude. <laughs> You're good at that, man. <laughs> is that re- is that like a reference to the Kevin Smith? Yeah, I was teaching you about Kevin Smith. Yeah. Um, while we're on Marvel rumors, let's go with one more. Did you put this in here, Edson, or did you do it, Stacy? It was just laying in here. Oh, Moon Knight. It was me. Was you? Okay. It was me because uh, I Luke Cage. I'm I'm on season oh, okay. two right now, and right. it just kind of caught my eye. Um, I never heard of uh, Moon Knight. It sounds really interesting. Mikey Sutton, so it has a little bit of juice. I'll give him that. Um, I love Moon Knight. I've said, <laughs> how how much do I love Moon Knight? A lot. How much time do you have? Yeah, really? Um, where's John Amenta? Is John Amenta watching? John, this one's for you. Oh, I love Moon Knight. Are you being John, no, I love Moon no, Knight. He's, he's John hates Moon Knight. John okay. can't stand Moon Knight. I whenever I'm if I go to a Comic Con with John Amenta. Or, uh, or hanging out with him or something. I always wear my Moon Knight t-shirt to piss him off. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I go on his podcast and we do the Zoom call, I have my Moon Knight drinking glass. Oh, my. Because he just hates Moon Knight. And I'm like, Moon Knight is awesome. He's so interesting. We've talked about him before. He's got the he's schizoid. He's got yeah, three sounds interesting. And, yeah. And it, look how cool he looks. He looks awesome. That yeah. looks good. He talks to an Egyptian god that isn't really there. They're utilizing him for something though, like that. They the um the the movie that they're talking about and being yeah, yeah. He is often compared to Batman Mm because you know they've got that unstable thing going on Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. personal trauma. But his personal trauma is just he keeps slipping in and out of different personalities. Mm -hmm. Um, Specter being the most famous, of course. But do you read Moon Knight, Jason? Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, my favorite uh, is the uh, Bill Sienkiewicz, uh, Doug oh. Lunch, Doug Lunch uh, series from the 70s and 80s. Oh, so good. Yeah. Classics. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's the last one that came out. I forgot who wrote it. Was it Smallwood or? Um, Jeff Lemire did a turn on him. And uh, 
Warren Ellis is great. One year. It was after yeah, Warren, Warren Ellis. Year. It was the very last kind of time they put it out, and it was kind of weird. It had the like the the sun god. Yeah, the, I didn't I didn't read that one. And it was weird because Mark Spector wasn't really in costume much at all, and it was just weird. It wasn't as good. Um, yeah. And this is from the Warren Ellis run, right? The Warren here. Ellis run is fantastic. So um, I've been saying since I saw the Netflix show that Netflix, the tone of those Netflix shows screamed to give us Moon Knight. Perfect for Moon Knight. Totally. Um, I, I hope Disney does it right when they finally do do it. But um, Cool. But to, to put him in an Avengers movie? Okay. That's... Interesting rumor. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't think there were going to be any more Avengers movies. No, there what will eventually. There will be, but totally different Avengers. Rumor has it it's going to be an all. They're doing an all female Avengers movie. Mm. Um, but but God. if they, I don't know. I mean, he's a Z list character. Like nobody really likes this character. So he sounds <laughs> different and interesting, though. I think. Like, oh, totally, totally. Um, I mean, if they do it right, people would probably probably dig on it. Mm. But to put him in an Avengers movie, where you kind of want to showcase your top superheroes. And he's right. And he's a vigilante. Like and, America Chavez. Like no. America Chavez. No. <laughs> you can't upstage her with Moon Knight, you know? Um, Jesus, I don't know. Do I? Mm. I'm having a debate because it is getting late and there's a couple of stories here that suck. There's more. There's, all right, there's two. There's two Lucasfilm attacking fans things again. You know what I'm going to do to those right now? I'm going to shut them off. I don't even care. We've talked about Lucasfilm morons forever. And and I think Cameron put it perfectly when he said, they're just going to let these people do it until they self-destruct. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because they're just virtue signaling and their power. The Kathleen Kennedy story group has zero power, zero leverage, and they can say and do whatever they want on social media. They're, the juice is in what the... John Favreau is doing mm-hmm. and all that stuff that he's doing that takes place between return of the Jedi and the force awakens. That's the time frame, And they're going to entertain us for a couple of years. Um, the only thing I do find interesting about that um, was it as that brought it up, somebody brought it up this pattern. Maybe it's Ryan Cannell on Friday night tight said the big issue facing Mandalorian right now, though, is it's going to be gone for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. So, I'm 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 guessing Book of Boba Fett's probably gonna come in first. Oh yeah, yeah, end of the year. Oh, end of the year. All right, they did so, say that right. Yeah, they've got to do they something did. to bridge that gap because you can't go two years and on the return. You finally Fett. get it. Grogu's story is done. Yeah. So there goes your cash cow as far as merchandise. Well, Grogu's story is I think gonna continue in Ahsoka. Ah. And maybe even in the um, the Gina Carano show there, what's it called? Um, Rangers, Rangers, Rangers. Rangers of the New Republic. I think, I think Luke and Grogu are going to keep popping up throughout mm-hmm. all of those. They're just going to keep showing okay. up here and there. They're going to have to check in with them somehow, you know. Or Luke might be on the run with Grogu too. I mean, I think what you're going to see is the Empire slowly rebuilding itself and coming to power, getting more power, especially with uh, Moff Gideon, right? And, and mm-hmm. if they bring in. Um, um. Uh, oh my God. Um, the, the blue guy. Um, oh, bad guy. Thrawn. Thrawn. Thank you. They bring oh, him in too. Like that's mm-hmm. gonna jumpstart the empire again. I think. Mm-hmm. 
So you might have a situation where Luke's got to keep jumping from place to place and hiding. And I think that's where Ahsoka, and of course, this is just what I think. I, there's absolutely mm. nothing behind anything I'm saying. I, I just think that Ahsoka is probably going to be helping hide Grogu, helping mm. Luke hide Grogu from this it's research. Empire. Mm-hmm. So um, I just think they're going to be a lot of fun. We're also going to get Obi-Wan in the meantime, too, mm-hmm. which yep. sounds fun. You know, I yeah. I'm not the biggest prequels fan, but this show is six episodes, I think. And yeah, it's going to be done. Oh, and it you're going to bring back all the players. Um, you and McGregor is always fun to watch. Mm-hmm. He's phenomenal. Obi-Wan. And um, even uh, Hayden Christensen, if he's in. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, you'll probably see Maul maybe in there. Um, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, and with uh, Qui Gon Jinn supposed to show up too, so that's right, Qui Gon booze. Yeah. yeah, so I'm gonna kill these negative stories because I just don't, I'm not in the mood. Thank not, you. Not in the mood, especially after like, how do you top what Cameron brought to the table for ninety? Minutes? Right, exactly. Yeah. By going, oh look, another moron at Lucasfilm is calling fans racist. Yep. So let's go out on. There's two stories we'll go out on. Pete, there's always, always, always something. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh, okay. And that's that's the freeze frame. I didn't get to watch this yet because I've just been. Oh, it's so good. There's 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 a few extra shots in it, but basically, um, touching back. Yeah, yeah. Godzilla hits him back, and basically he just bitch slaps him right in the face and knocks him on his ass. (laughs) Do this bit. Yeah, he just he's up he he up and open open hands him and oh, down he goes. I'll watch this maybe before I go to bed. Wow. I just literally barely got home in time for the show tonight. Um, yeah, I gotta watch cool. this too. <laughs> I, I'm surprised they didn't do it with the tail. You know, turn around and tail whip him. Right, that's what. Uh, I was yeah, but what happens is, is he gets knocked down and then he and then he he he, he, uh, he tackles him into the in, into the ocean. So that's probably we've probably seen the entire fight. <laughs> how, how many days until we go to see this? I cannot freaking wait. Thirty first, March thirty first. Oh my god, that's how many days? Somebody do, who who can do math? Who? <laughs> All right, it's, let's do it together. So well, we've like twenty eight days in this month. Thirty one days in March, so we know there's at right. least thirty one. Yeah, and today's what? So, there's nineteen more days left of this month. Okay. Oh, okay. So okay, fifty means, um, fifty days. Oh, I was going to say 40. Yeah, you're right, 50. <laughs> Public school, baby. I failed algebra three times. Yeah, um, 50. But I can count money. <laughs> yeah. I'm good, I'm good at that. All that time. That's all that matters. <laughs> I'm the guy that takes out a tape measure, like, and I can't, like, I go, oh, that's uh, 13. and uh, So I just take a pencil and draw on the tape measure. I'm like, it's that. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. Like well, I, I, I'm like, oh, I got to break that down into fractions. No, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, I hate math. Edson, you're good at math. You're really like thirteen and three of those little lines. And that's it. That's <laughs> it. That's what I do. I just take it and I draw it on it. That's the one. Mm-hmm. So then I go, you know, there it is. So yeah, I'm. I, I just can't wait. I just want to go see a total brain fart movie. Mm. That's what this is gonna be. Just like I, like I say, giant monsters punching each other for two hours. Mm-hmm. All right, now there's five of us here. We took a little poll last time. There were only four of us, and we had a split vote. So, Jason, who do you want to win? Godzilla. Absolutely. Yeah. 
<laughs> Pedro, we already know. Oh, yeah, Godzilla all the way. Uh, I thought you were rooting for Mothra. Um, Mothra's not in this one. <laughs> yeah, Rodan, I, I think, I, 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 I've I, seen artwork. It, 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 it could have been fan art. Rodan might have might make an appearance on this. He's in one of the posters. Rodan. He's in one of the posters in the back. Ah, okay, that that, yeah. that might have been what I what I saw. Edson, who are you who are you going for? Oh, it's hard. Uh, <laughs> I, don't know, I kind of feel bad for King Kong. <laughs> I'll just, today I'll just go with him, and then next time I'll go with Godzilla. <laughs> it's hard. I just I, I I can't really decide a lot of times with these two. You just want it to be like the Super Bowl. You just want to see a good game. You don't really. Yeah, care. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, that failed. They don't yeah. cut away to anything. It's just it's just going to be Godzilla and Kong scrapping each other for for fifth, for like seventeen minutes. Wow. Okay. We know who Stacy wants already. Of course. Yeah. So she wants an evolved um, intelligence, you know. So Godzilla. No. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I feel bad for Kong because you know he was living his life on his island, and these stupid people took him That's away. Nice. Godzilla came out looking for trouble. So you know. <laughs> well. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know. Because they Godzilla gets gets dropped out of the upper atmosphere and basically goes goes nuclear. Kong gets chained to a boat. Yeah, I, yeah, but I'll take the ape over. Godzilla exists because he got nuked. <laughs> that yeah, nu yeah, yeah, he took a nuke to the face. I'm going to the face, and Kong, Kong Maybe gets they turn on get, the humans and both eat them. Just eat those guys up. I, I, I just have a feeling. I mean, come on, let's face it. It's Hollywood. They're going to team up and fight Mecha Godzilla at the end. Oh yeah, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I like that idea. So. But I still want Godzilla. So that's three to two Godzilla this time. Jude is um has chimed in as well. Oh, he has. Up. Oh. Yeah. Whoa, he loves Godzilla. Four he dressed two. up. As, he dressed up as Godzilla for Halloween one time. Nice. Judah Buddha, you got those pictures? Yeah. <laughs> he was like three years old. He was scared of himself in the mirror. <laughs> nice. I thought you were just like two years ago. I was like, that's until we see some pictures. <laughs> One of those plastic ones with the apron, you know, and the little mask with the. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. Cooper. Nice. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the Ben Cooper, Cooper ones? Yeah. yeah. Ben Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know how much that's probably worth right now? Oh, uh, yeah. Let's conduct probably. a little experiment before we go. Uh, I'm on it. On eBay. Uh, ben. Who would keep those? Wouldn't they all be in the garbage by now? Oh, no. There's collectors. Oh, yeah. I was typing in this. Oh, screen. really? Probably somewhere at his dad's house, he said. Oh, you go to a Comic Con, people have tons of these old Ben Cooper costumes. And 26 stuff. bucks. That's it. That's it. A plastic costume with the plastic mask with the one piece of glass that goes on the back. Like those? Like, yep. I, I was Wonder Woman. I don't even I don't see it. it. I don't Where see do it. it. Oh, I see it. Share your screen, Pete. That's Raggedy oh, Ann. Is, it the, or is that a scarecrow? What the hell is that? Shit. <laughs> yeah, dress up mojo. Oh my god. Yeah, we got to find that. Um, did you share your screen yet, Pete? No, I I I, I private chatted it. Oh geez, now I got to go dig it out. Click the link, open it up, <laughs> share my screen. It would have been easier if you just shared your screen. I could have popped it in here. You know. Yeah. When I try to share my screen, it goes into another dimension. I don't know. $26. Is that the one you had, Juice? That's, that's probably a new one. 
I don't think that's the same. Well, yes, that is. That is. That's example. Yep, there it is. That mask. Right, let's, let's see. That's let's, hilarious. Oh, yeah. yeah, look at that. Uh, that's that's just classic. The smell alone will get you high. Oh, it will. It just smells so good. Things? Give you so, a head. There's the inside. Remember how that sweaty was the one. Petroleum. It's pure petroleum. Save us from oh, coke. really? I bet it's if like we pick the in. wrong day to start stop smelling costumes. Yeah, I'm looking at this like a Gamorrean guard from Return of the from from uh, from Return of the Jedi costs more. Wow. Yeah, this person's feet are in this picture here. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's awesome though. That's yeah, I wonder these Ben Cooper masks would suffocate you. I bet we could all survive COVID if we all bought Ben Cooper masks and wore them around. Ben Cooper masks? Why are they called Ben Cooper masks? That's the company that made them, Ben Cooper. Oh, I didn't know that. And there's a whole story in um that apparently like it's it's not proven either way. But people have made like mini documentaries and stuff that Steve Ditko stole the Spider-Man design from a Ben Cooper Halloween costume of a guy called the Spider-Man. Oh. Yeah, I've heard that. Oh yeah, everyone hated the rubber band, and you you couldn't breathe in those things because like the, the moisture is just yeah. like we'd be safe from COVID. You couldn't see through the holes. You're breathing into the thing. <laughs> it was all most and you wear it on your head most of the time. Yeah, the freaking elastic would always used to collect. Yeah, that's my oh. issue I had. I'm just, and then the, the elastic <laughs> restaple it. How many staples did you have in there? Because you'd have to keep restapling it. How often Why? did you wear it? Yeah. I only wore it on Halloween. <laughs> Oh, I'd, well, I'd, no, you kidding? If I had a Batman one or something, I put it on like every day, and run around the house in my Batman costume. Which I always found weird because like it would have a picture of Batman on it. It's like Batman costume doesn't have a picture of himself right. on. Of course, <laughs> it takes you deep into the rabbit hole. It's so fucking stupid, right? Yeah, it's funny. Let me see if I can find Ben Cooper the. Oh, no, I was just real quick. I want to show you this because um. There's a dealer named John Samino. Here it is. Uh, so John Samino, this Ben Cooper Spider-Man costume is so rare, and he actually has one in the box in like almost mint condition. So here it is. Let me go to the images. So this came out years before. Really? Yes. That is a oh my gosh. Here it That's is. Wow. 1954. Wow. Brooklyn. Yeah. And then in 1962. Oh man. So. There it is. There it yeah. is. Oh, that's the original. That's the original. And then this is like he was a man that had spiders all over him. Like he was a spider man. I guess no. the like webbing is similar, <laughs> but that's John Samino. <laughs> that's John. Um, yeah. He's so let me spell that up. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Spider Man suit. Yeah. So he was tracking this a few years ago, uh, John. And uh, trying to find out if it was true, but, but I guess Ben Cooper apparently saw the Marvel comic and went, "Whoa, hold on a second. I wonder if there are other mans, like is there like a Bear Man or a something else man? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing too: you're creating a character named Spider Man. How big of a stretch is it to put him in a costume covered in webs? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Was there, yeah. could there, it could possibly have been a Scorpion Man or like? snake right. man and had you know what i mean like it could have just been exactly right exactly. it's not a stretch for a ten no. spider webs all over it yep yeah. so let's go out on this our friend edson uh, edson edwin <laughs> awesome, you know, there you go. um is 
dollars past his goal in one week. He has that's twenty right. days remaining. Um, I think we all back this. So, um, oh yeah, Edwin, congrats, man. Where's my book? <laughs> <laughs> I am really, really happy for this guy, and he—he he was a fun guest. We'll have to have him back again, and and um, what I think is great about it is it's his first book, right? And when in a matter of a week, he got the money to do it. Yep. And I think that's just so encouraging for you guys, Jason, Pete. Mm-hmm. That's you guys are creative guys. You write. You're into comics. Like you could do the same thing. Yeah. You, you hook on with an artist. Hook on with you know the right people. You don't need, as you can see, you don't need to make half a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars or. Um, I, I can't wait to see what this ends up at. I bet he's it, probably close to double, if not double, by the end. It's inspiring. It really is. It really is. And he's got no. You know, I asked him. I said, "Well, how many other books have you done? How much experience? None." It's his first time. He just wanted to tell an old-fashioned comic book superhero story. Um, and, and the people backed him. So bravo. And it's, it's um, if anything, like you said, it's inspiring. So uh, I'd like to see you all do something like this. Yes, and, sir. And, and uh, no, and, and get your creative chops out there. You're all super. Um, the reason I have, I've known you all as long as I have and I'm associated with you is because you're all mega creatives. You're creative and talented, all of you. So, um, gracias. Well, Edson just pitched. What happened? Edson didn't like what you said there. (laughs) He's going to get busy right now. He's going to go. Okay, Edson, you totally suck and you're a hack. (laughs) He'll come back now. (laughs) There he is. I don't know what happened. You thought you don't like taking compliments, so I trashed you instead. And you came back. So. Yeah, deservedly so. No, no, I was just saying. <laughs> I mean, I've no. Every one of you is a super talented person, and you deserve to do something like that and and get your get your voice out there. That's why I asked you to be part of this too. Make make videos, do whatever you want. So uh, populate the channel with with your creativity. There's my boy right there. There you go, Bird Brain. My Bird Brain comic. So let's quickly go around the horn and recommend. And I'm I, I like stupidly forgot to bring mine in here. I have to go get it. So I'll go last as usual. But uh, let's start. Let's start over below me right here with Jason B. What do you recommend? Cool. I got a book I just read that I thoroughly enjoyed this past week. If you love um, 70s rock and roll like I do and you love comic books, this is like peanut butter and jelly. It's a book on David Bowie. Oh, yeah. That's done by. Isn't that awesome? It's done by Michael Allred. He's a, oh, an amazing yeah. artist. You've, yeah. Yep. Yep. He is. Madman fame. He's done X Force, Silver Surfer. He is a massive fan of glam rock, of you know your queens and your and your slates, your David Bowie's, T Rex. So he put together this volume, and it's absolutely gorgeous. It's called Stardust, Ray Guns, and Moon Age Daydreams. And it it focuses mostly on Ziggy Stardust era, uh, David Bowie. But um, it's so well, thoroughly written, so well written, so well put together. The art is just amazing. You can see some of the stuff in here. I mean, I think this is some of his best art of his career, Hmm. arguably. And you can tell he has such a passion for this era of rock and roll. 
and he really puts every single detail in here of David Bowie's early life and how he became Ziggy Stardust, his influences, his aspirations. I definitely recommend it for anybody that's a uh, rock and roll fan and a comic book artist fan. So. I, I love all red stuff. It's like uh, it, it's like vintage pop art. Yeah, he's a, an old school. Yeah, he's got a, he's got what they call pop art style, which is very clean yeah. lines, very fluid. Um, but it's yeah. it, it, it just pops out at you. It's very oh, and, and his wife does all the coloring. I was just going to ask is Laura in the oh. book. Yeah. Yeah, Laura colors it and it was co-written by Steve Horton. So um I love David Bowie so that was a, a must for me. Yeah. Oh, I I've been attracted to his art for years and uh even you know he did Silver Surfer with with mm -hmm. um Dan, Dan Slott. and I just mm -hmm. I had to have it because of his art. I love his art. Just his phenomenal. art is and it's it, it, once is he so um He's so distinct too. Once you see his art, you know it's him. Yeah, he's, yeah it he's just it harkens to the '60s or something. It's just it's right, brilliant, and it's in its simplicity, and it's super simplicity. He yep. couldn't get work back in the day because he he didn't uh, subscribe to a house style, but right. that actually worked in his favor later on in his career. And yeah, and you see the big two got away from the house styles and kind of loosened up their, you know. Brought in people. Look at how Humberto Ramos. His stuff is so eclectic. Yeah. You know? Or or Chris. Uh, what's it in Bachalo? But Bachalo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. His stuff. Yeah. Which and I think I mean, he first okay. his first big break was a Sandman. And Neil Gaiman right. gave him a break on Sandman. So. Back in the day, you had very few. You had like Bill Kevich who they let out of the box. Yeah. You know, yeah. or or um, Walt Simonson, but everybody else had the house style. Right. You know, that Bermuda Busima look. <laughs> well, your your yeah. Jim Steranko had a had, had oh, an Steranko, out there. Yeah, that's true. Steranko. Steranko had that uh the um what's his face? Um oh my god, I'm just Nick the Nick Fury, uh Agent of Shield book that he was doing. Yeah, yeah. He had that um the the, 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 the Peter the, Max kind of Oh my God! Yeah, I'm just trying to. Who's the artist? Oh, I know what I'm you're talking about. Yeah, I know the style you're talking about. I can't remember. I'm just drawing a complete. My brain is oatmeal. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, great stuff. Pedro, what do yeah. you have? I'm actually recommending a Disney movie. All right, I gotta go. Black no. Hole. Oh wow! Oh. Nice. Classic. This is this is their 1979 ans answer to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 about a, a crazed scientist in this this ship called the Cygnus, which is orbiting a black hole, and uh, this 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 hapless uh, deep space uh, ship happens upon it, and wacky adventures ensue. And it is a dark movie. They kill um, Anthony Perkins on camera. Yeah, he, he, yeah. This is a dark movie, and it is it is. Uh, the it's 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 science is kind of janky but the the visuals are are absolutely unmatched and it has uh uh roddy mcdowell as as a robot named vincent That's but right. yeah i recommend the black hole this is one that i heard that they were going to remake and i'm all for it especially if they keep it dark it's a good story and uh yeah anthony perkins died so gruesomely it scarred yeah. me as a kid yeah, the noise he makes. <laughs> yeah, there's not a drop of blood in the movie, but it oh. is a uh, it, it is it is a uh, 
He gets shredded. He gets yeah, oh, the, uh, oh, the big God. robot named Maximilian who's got uh, yeah. drill bits for drill. hands. Oh, yeah. basically, just kind of goes right through him, and it, it, the noise he makes will give you nightmares. It did. I was, it's a Walt Disney movie. <laughs> I was ten years old when that came out, and the only thing I remembered when I was a kid was yeah, the black hole. He's Anthony Perkins is holding like a book or something in front of him, and it goes shreds through the papers and just chews him up. And it was Holy like, cow. I was like, oh my god! Like, yeah, and, and, and the ending was just a downer. The ending was a downer. The ending like, is right up there with like two thousand one. It's just, it's, yeah. it's just, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> yeah, you know, they, they, they quite literally visit heaven and hell. Yeah, All right. oh. this is a Disney movie we're talking about here, nineteen seventy nine. It it didn't do well, probably because it was so dark and everybody was expecting something a little bit more fanciful from Disney. It, it also came out against Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Yeah, so the music is 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 really good in it too. I'm trying yeah. to see who, who who did the music. That John guy. Barry, John Barry did. Barry the, did all the James Bond. Yeah, yeah. It uh, the music is really good in it too. So yeah. I gotta watch that, that again. Cool. When I first got Disney Plus, like last year for free, I watched it, and uh, I got to watch it again because a lot of it I was like laying in bed, like fighting fatigue watching it. Yeah, it's a it, it's an interesting watch. You're either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it. Don't expect and, much um, with the. <laughs> you can see like the cyclorama blowing in the wind, and like you know. It's, yeah, it's, it's some, but when the effects are good, they're 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 outstanding. Are good, yeah. Edson, what do you got, man? Well, in honor of our guest, I went and checked out Sleeper Cell. It's a show that he was one of the writers on. I fin- uh, it has it's just two seasons. I finished the first season, and it's a it's about this um, F- FBI agent. Uh, he's he's Muslim, and he goes undercover to infiltrate a cell in the United States, operating in the United States, to carry out terrorist attacks. And he hates the fact that they're using his own faith to. To, to carry out the in the name of his faith to carry out these attacks and uh, he spends like years in jail just to come up with a co- you know to come up with this cover that he's like you know not in the FBI or anything like that it's a, it's a really it's really good really good uh, writing in that uh, so I was glad that he was attached to that so I checked that out and um, if you guys have 20 minutes go on YouTube and look up Miriam that's his Mm. That's his like short movie that he did everything for, wrote and directed and produced and everything. Nice, yeah, I gotta look at that. This later this week, I will finally have a day or two off. <laughs> I can kind of reach that. Stacy, what, what did you bring? I don't know if I like what I'm recommending, but what I've been watching a lot is uh, are all the Marvel um, TV shows on okay. Netflix. So I'm kind of making my way through that. Like I had started with Jessica Jones and I got through two oh. seasons of that. And then I watched two seasons of Daredevil and I was like, oh, wait, there's an order to these. So then I started watching, I watched Iron Fist and then The Defenders and now, oh, and I already, and I just finished The Punisher yesterday, the first season of The Punisher. So you okay. have like season three of Daredevil and then you're done. Yeah. I, no, I still have season two of Luke Cage, which I just started. Oh. I still have season two of Iron Fist. I have season three of the of uh, Daredevil, Daredevil, and then Jessica Jones and the Punisher season two. Wow! So I still have quite a bit more to go. So I'm kind of like some of them are really so there's some aspects I really really like, and then there's some I don't really like. But I'm making my way through it anyway. I'm, I'm you could probably 
you could probably skip Iron Fist. I That's... like Iron Fist. <laughs> I like him. I had never heard of him before. I like the kind of like chi, you know, mystical thing going on. I'm, I'm digging it. I, like, seriously, I do too. But I like yeah. that better than I like the bad guys in Luke Cage. I love Luke Cage. He's awesome, and I love the like, inner conflict, and I love that whole that whole part. But the bad guys are just like the drugs and the guns and the like. I can't stand Mariah and she yeah, cheesy. Like I just ugh. like, but I'm getting through it. Cause I really like him and I love how they pop up in each other's shows. You know, like Claire's been in every single one, the nurse and. Oh, right. Did yeah. You, the night nurse. Did you watch Defenders? Did you see Defenders? Yeah, I watched it. I caught up to that. I got to yeah. watch the, up to the Defenders. And it was a kind of important because Daredevil takes place. Like at a, there's, I would have been confused watching Luke Cage. Why is Misty missing an arm? If I hadn't watched Defenders, I wouldn't have known how she got her arm chopped off. And the same thing, like, um, where's Matt? Like, yeah, you know, in the third season that he's, yeah. yeah, like, I mean, obviously, they show him at the end of the Defenders that he's still alive, but everybody thinks he's dead. So, yeah, I, I saw that story, Keith. You remember we, the, where Kevin Feige said he was going to bring back all the original guys from Daredevil, Charlie Cox and um, Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin? They said that's yeah. great. Uh, yeah, you mean awesome. bring them back, bring them back. Well, I mean, them. I mean, into the into their a new Marvel series oh, using really? the same actors as Netflix used, which we wanted. Every they, when they right. took them away from Netflix, everybody said, "Just you got to bring back the cast. They they better bring back Mike Coulter as Luke Cage." Oh God, oh, yeah. I can't right. imagine do, anyone do them all, bring them all back. Yeah. Darren Paul, bring them all back the right way. Oh, I know yeah. he is a great Punisher. It's like it's it's so funny how. Like the Punisher seems feels more real than all the other shows. Well, that was the idea in the comics. He was the one that felt the most real. Yeah, like I remember watching the movie too. Like, and it just makes yeah. sense, you know. Kind of, it makes more sense, and it, you know. The Thomas Jane movies. I own it. I think. I, I don't even remember. Like, I just based. I don't what happened. John Travolta shrieking was mm. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> one of the worst casting choices of all time. John Travolta is not going to scare anybody. That's true. So, yeah. True. But yeah, your take on the on the Netflix MCU is pretty much what I heard across the board for most people. It's like some of it's good, some of it's bad. Overall, mm-hmm. it's it's it's. But I'm definitely good. invested in the characters. I think mm-hmm. I, like the, the main characters, especially, and some of the side characters. So I only watch Daredevil. Is Luke Cage a hero for hire, or is he not? Not yet. Like he's kind of going through a, like a internal crisis and yeah. He was created in the comics as a hero for hire. He's a mercenary. Okay. He's. Yeah. Only, it feels like he's headed that way right now because he's like he's not really sure where his place is in society. And I think, and he's not making any money. He's doing all these things, and he was kind of fighting it. But now, well, we'll have to see. I don't know how season two. Goes. So they're they're inverting his origin because like yeah. in the. Oh stand- yeah. Stan Lee created him as like I think it'd be cool if he's like he's got a he had business cards and everything. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. I mean, I'll didn't, just I'll beat up anybody you want if you pay me. Yeah. Didn't, he, te- didn't he team up with Iron Fist as heroes for hire? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they have power oh, man. Really? Yeah. The thing that I think that like the like the theme that goes through all of them, except for the Punisher, obviously, is that they don't ever want to kill anyone. Like, and the, the thing is, like, they don't want to kill the guy, but then like. They end up have that guy ends up kill because they let him go and they just beat him up and he doesn't die and then then that guy goes and kills like twenty more people before yeah. they like get him and it's like just end it. <laughs> like, so it oh, that's that's know. the whole Batman Joker thing. at the heart the of whole, the Batman. I yeah. get it, and yeah. especially for Daredevil because he's like he got his he has his whole religious thing going on and he's Catholic. That's kind Which, of yeah. yeah. 
which is why I love the Red Hood so much because Red Hood's like, dude, I'm done doing it your way. I'm going to freaking blow this guy's head off. Enough's right, enough. Right, right. Yeah. And sometimes, like, I feel, you know, like, but I guess that's the whole thing, you know, and, and that's where the, there was the um, intersection of the Punisher with Daredevil. And I thought that was really interesting in season two. That was the so only they, thing interesting in season they, two. Yeah. I, well, it's funny because <laughs> Defenders, it's all about Elektra and the, the whole, the hand and all that stuff. That's what the Defenders is about. Like, well, in the comics, Elektra and the hand and all that stuff is awesome, but they did it so it bad. Is, it's really great. In the they, they ruined, they, they had, they messed that up on Netflix. That was the one thing I hated. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of like yeah, the mystic part of it like, a little bit. I think that it definitely could have been done better, and but it was fine. I mean, I, I had never heard of Iron Fist before this and i oh, I, yes. I like him. I, I grew up i used to read power man and iron fist all the time when i was a kid it was luke cage and in him cool. um, yeah i'll be right back so you guys can vamp i gotta go get my my recommendation i'll be back in two seconds okay <laughs> so anyways yeah that's so what did I you act, so did you look up like the order of I looked up the order where they came out and then I was kind of, I was ahead because I like right now I should be watching the second season of Jessica Jones, but I had already watched that. So I think that's the only one that I got out of order because I watched those two right in a row. But now I'm, now I'm like right on in order. So. And that one has a season three, right? Yeah. I think that's, that might be the last one. I think I only saw the first two seasons. I still haven't seen the third season. Yeah. I don't know if I like where it's going. It's kind of annoying, but. So I was so worried about getting home late and missing Cameron that I forgot to grab my, I've been waiting. This came in finally. I ordered this a long time ago. You know, I, I ordered it actually after you and I saw a movie, Stacy. So I couldn't wait to show this to you. Um, I've been waiting to get it. And it was like 60, $70. Cause it's out of print and it was hard to find. Oh. And then I got really lucky. It was like 20 bucks one night, like right after the new year. Oh, um. So, I got it. <gasps> Whoa. Oh, 70th no. anniversary edition. This is why you buy... I'm going to solo myself here. This is why kids out there watching, this is why you're streaming freaking blows. You okay? didn't get me one, man? I <laughs> see that look on his face. <laughs> if I see it, that if I see it, I'll, I'll keep watching. It's Blu-ray.com. Tell you me. If you watching. see it, if you see it, tell me and I'll, I'll order it. Okay. Blu-ray.com. Just keep watching those specials. Okay. Um, here's why physical media freaking rocks. Okay. Does it come this, with it? 75th so anniversary came out 2016. This comes with, this is, this is, you don't get this when you stream shit. So first it comes with this nice case, right? With nice. Yeah, it's yeah, terrific. Yep. Yeah. With the, you know, and it comes with this hardcover book. Wow. And, 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 you know, it's just, it's beautiful. And it's, you know, wow, just like shots from the, it's, it's like a wow. coffee, like only coffee table book reduced to fit inside a Blu-ray case. Right. Wow. Right. But it's, it's just amazing. Okay. Cool. But the, here's the best part. It's a sled. <gasps> what? No. I, I was just going to say, did it come oh, with Does it have like little things in the bottom? <laughs> no, this is, this is amazing. So it comes with a Blu-ray sized re a reproduction of the program you got at the theater when you went oh, to Oh, wow. Well, that's neat. programs at the theaters for movies? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You can get them in Japan, too. Actually, <laughs> I went to see Hateful Eight, the 70 millimeter show with Angelo in New York when they did the 70 millimeter tour, and I got the Hateful Eight program. Wow. Yeah. 
So, um, because cool. Quentin Tarantino in cinema and he does things the right way. Like I'm a theater. So originally challenged. It's not funny. But yeah, you get this awesome yeah. program, this miniature, you know. But wait, there's more. Mm -hmm. This was for 20 bucks, dude. Wow. You could have really used a real sled, though. Yeah, I could have. Posted. Very. Oh, oh that, I used to frame those. That those are awesome. Cool. Oh, wow. It gets oh, my better. God. It gets better. The lobby card. Oh, my gosh. A letter from the head of RKO to Orson. What? Jeez. They really did their work. What the heck? Orson apologizing for for the like for uh, being accused of ripping on William Randolph Hearst and saying wow. no, no, fictional character. It's all the typeset in there. It's just a reproduction of these letters. <laughs> That's a uh, press release about the release of the movie. A budget. The budget. Oh wow. Budget movie. What the heck? Invitation to the premiere. <laughs> There's a couple more here. Uh, this is the, I guess, the backside of the invitation to the premiere. Um, this is a, um, it, it's basically a release form for, uh, I can't, it's dark in here. I can't read which actor this is, but it's a talent release form. <laughs> Here's another one for another actor. I can't see who it is. But there's two of them in here. That is $109 right now on Blu-ray.com. Wow. Blue Ribbon Award for Best Picture. And this is the best part. This is the funniest part, and it's at the very bottom. Um, two um, receipts for, <laughs> for like snacks at a pharmacy, like soda and stuff. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> by Orson Welles. Uh, so what's that? Two pastries. And what's the other one say? Uh Studio party, so it's food for the party. Yeah, because that's sixty-one bucks. That's a lot. So they must have got a yeah. lot of something. And the other one was thirty-eight dollars. That's and awesome. That's the end of the Great Depression, so that was like blowing a lot. Yeah. Money. Jeez. That's why streaming blows, folks. <laughs> In the words of Owen Wilson, "Wow, wow, <laughs> how cool is that?" And I, I that's got it. Cool. It's I forgot I had ordered it, and I get this package, and I'm like, it was heavy, and I'm like, what the hell is this? Wow! Open it, and I was like, "Holy crap! I forgot I bought this because it was I waited so long." Mm. And uh, yeah, it it was uh, beyond worth it. So this is why Blu-ray freaking rocks. <laughs> That's a steal for twenty bucks. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. you know, after opening this and looking at it, I was like, now I feel bad that like this was well worth fifty bucks. I should have just paid the fifty mm -hmm. bucks. So, but it, it will fluctuate in price because people, you'll find it somehow. I was given up. It's so high because Mank came out on Netflix. It could be. It could you be. I, I um, I was ready to give up hope and just buy the regular Blu-ray because for mm -hmm. whatever reason, I never bought Citizen Kane. I bought it on. Um, I never replaced it on Blu-ray. I'm looking at it on Amazon right now. Twenty bucks. That oh. one. That exactly what 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 Keith has twenty bucks. Get out of here! It's somebody who's like reselling it, I think, because it's not on Prime. It's like you have to pay three ninety nine shipping. So I'm I'm. Thinking oh, I did. Oh. Yeah, pay shipping. Oh, it's third party. Well, yeah, I think it's third party. Yeah, but that's it, it, so. No, yeah. no, I'm I'm saying I, I'm not it's saying it's, it, it is for that much. Yes. Oh, it's definitely it says, worth it. 
It says region free. So it's yeah, it's region free. I watched it already. It looks phenomenal. Yep. So it is on sale there for. 19. Oh, I see it. 1903. Yep. yep. Well, the regular price is only twenty four ninety nine. Why are they selling it on the other thing for one hundred and nine dollars? Yeah. I because don't, that don't. ties directly to Amazon. They should know that. that that's yeah. That's weird. Someone and is- bought. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, there's another one. The seventieth anniversary book. Oh, that one's one fourteen on here. This one's seventy fifth. So it's a newer print. They remastered it. Yeah, that's the okay. It's gorgeous. I mean, you you cannot lose with this. Very cool. Yeah, it was fun watching it again. Not as fun as being in the theater, but <laughs> with really good popcorn. With really really good popcorn. <laughs> oh so, yeah, kitties, order your Citizen Kane. Do it right now, Definitely. like 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 your uncle Pete did. <laughs> Did you really buy it? Pete? I, I literally just bought it right now. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm glad that my recommendation was already uh, already working. paying off. It's already paying off. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Oh shit! I gotta get this in here without wrecking it. Uh, I love the lobby cards and the posters, and the, it's just it's just just awesome. So yeah, that's like the best twenty dollars plus shipping I ever paid. So, all right, that's it. Um, let's go through our our tasks we must do when it comes to this time of the show. We've gone almost four hours tonight. I, <laughs> yeah. I gotta Damn, get out. Son. I gotta. I gotta get up at the butt crack of dawn again. Yeah. Um, you can reach us on the socials at Geek Time Net. That would be the Twitter, the Facebook, and the Instagram, and Minds. And mines. Oh, I think that we're at Geek Time Network on mines. I don't know. I do mines a little bit. I won't migrate fully over. Which first, I wish I could just take all the Twitter stuff and just migrate it over. But I, I don't, I don't know how to do that yet. That would be great. But when Twitter goes out of business soon and they monetize, (laughs) um, you will have to find us there. Our website is geektimenetwork.com. I'm trying to keep up with it. And our email is geektimenet at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the channel if you like what you see. We can bring more guests like Cameron on more often and things like that. Really have some fun. I noticed he said he held back on one thing because our channel's not big enough and he didn't want to like blow it. <laughs> he was like, I don't think I'll say it on this stream but you know yeah <laughs> i'll save it for somebody who has like five hundred thousand subscribers yeah right right but and i'm not offended i can't no, believe not at all. can't believe we got them so um thank you cameron thank you thank you if you're still watching or lurking out there cannot thank you enough um mm-hmm. for this fledgling little channel to have someone like you come on i've been admiring you for on these other streams for a while and just going man i wish we could have him <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and Leah, uh, Lorena, we got to have Lorena. So I'm going to DM her as soon as we're done here. Maybe we can bring her in, in the next week or two, and that would be awesome. Cool. Check out her channel, Lorena Creole. She is the bomb. Um, so, yeah, I think that's everything. Did we did everything? I believe we did. So. All right. Well, that leaves one last task at hand. Who's going to do it? It's Pete again. See you next Tuesday. If you like this video, please subscribe to the channel. 
If you subscribe, make sure you click the little bell icon to be notified anytime someone from our show drops new content here. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, kids, what time is that?